I always like the fact that Paul Giamatti's name sounds like a sandwich. Mm, yeah, like, I just had a give me awesome two. Paul Giamatti today. It yeah. had, uh, you know, a little capicola. It had some salami. It had some, like, uh, provolone, some olive spread on there. Uh, it was served on a ch- like a ciabatta bun. I don't know, that part isn't very authentic, but it was an okay... Wait a minute, you just, you, just, you just started. You, you had a good Paul Giamatti. Now you're like, it yeah, was I'm just okay. remembering how it tasted. It was a little too salty. They didn't ah. put enough vinegar on there. And oil. It didn't. The dressing was subpar. Um, but you know, that's what happens. You go to a grocery store, you order. The, well, that's your problem. Uh, yep. You don't go to a grocery store and order a Paul you Giamatti. Order, yeah, you, you order just the number six. It's the yeah. Giamatti, no. and uh, it's it's suspiciously close to a muffaletta sandwich. But I think that's Paul Giamatti in a nutshell, the muffaletta of a person. <laughs> Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip hop from the roots. Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pop Saga. Today, we're talking about the 1986 B-movie epic, Highlander, directed by Russell Mulcahy. Am I saying that right? And starring Christopher Lambert, Sean Connery, Roxanne Hart, and Clancy Brown, this movie tells the tale of a race of immortals who secretly battle throughout the ages until only one remains just like this podcast i am your back flipping finnish fencer for a seal and i am joined as always by my immortal opponent john or mcleod (laughs) how's it going john i'm doing well i don't have a christopher (laughs) i am from scotland Yes, yes, I am a Frenchman playing a Scotsman. Can't you tell by my pitch-perfect accent, I am from Scotland. (laughs) Exactly, just like we could tell that Connery was an Egyptian playing... (laughs) Was was an Egyptian who was a Spaniard, you know, while he's Wowza, wowza, is is that problematic? Well, you know, it was the 80s, you got to do what you got to do. (laughs) <laughs> he's like, he's like uh, I'm an Egyptian <laughs> posing as a Spaniard. What? <laughs> yeah. Let's let's see how many layers of of reality I could break with this statement. I'm you an Egyptian. Have... <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you literally have somebody who <clears throat> is Scottish, and he's not being the Scottish one. Yeah, I know. It's the it, it's the part that takes me out of this movie every time I see it. I go like this. Like, I'm cool with the Immortals. I'm cool with the backflipping dude. That dude flips a lot. I'm cool with all that shit. 
But the minute he's like, like, I'm Juan Villalobos Ramirez. I am the chief metallurgist of Henry the whatever, you know, whatever, whatever. And then later, like, not even like a scene later, it's like, I'm, a, I'm Egyptian. I'm not Spaniard. I'm Egyptian. I'm like, no, you're not. You're Sean Connery. <laughs> you are literally Scottish. And then you're having the French guy play uh, the Scot- Scotsman. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I mean, but what are you going to do? It's, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a movie. I'm not going to give a, that yeah, it is. It is a movie. This movie is like uh I it's it's hard to believe as much as I liked watching this movie. It is hard to believe what the franchise went on to do. Right? It had many sequels and a I would say a fairly successful TV show. Oh yeah, no, my sister loves uh, fucking uh, Adrian Paul, like she she give a rat's ass about Lambert. The only McLeod she loves is uh, Duncan. Um, right. So none of this Connor BS. Nah, Duncan that guy. McLeod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Duncan, sir, Paul. not appearing in this film. <laughs> yeah, certainly not appearing. You know, he shows up later. It's amazing how many immortals have the McLeod name, which I absolutely <laughs> hate. I'm like, okay, <laughs> two, maybe that would happen. But then, like, apparently there's been, like, four McClouds. Oh, cool. Really? Four McClouds. Great. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't count comic book McCloud or cartoon McCloud, but apparently those were also McClouds. But (laughs) There's a cartoon? I have forgotten about this. Yeah, no, I've uh, deep-dived a little bit because I was just like, okay, I know Highlander. I haven't seen it in a few years, so it was good to kind of dust it off and uh remind myself but then it was just like oh yeah there's this cartoon that came out that had and i was like there was a cartoon and his name was colin mcleod come on now (laughs) (laughs) you can't even get past the letter e what's going on (laughs) i'm scottish mcleod yeah yeah out of names yeah i'm uh yeah i'm the uh, i am highlander mcleod the clan mcleod the only scottish accent i have is a real bad sean connery so i apologize well i mean i think thank goodness one of us has a serviceable one i feel like yours is 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 pretty good uh, thank Um, you thank you daryl hammond for the wind (laughs) it starts with a bloody ash um (laughs) we can can cut this out if you want just to make things uh uh, evergreen but uh r.i.p alex trebek speaking of those hilarious uh sections as well as as sean connery uh, ironic yeah. kind of i guess even though they had no real connection just on no but apparently anymore. both both of them uh really did like the, the impersonations so alex trebek has been like yeah he really enjoyed what daryl hammond and um will ferrell would do and same with sean connery he didn't have a problem with it but, that's that's fantastic. It is yeah. nice when people. It's very humanizing when people are cool with a little bit of like a little bit of fun being poked at them. Yeah, I mean, at that point, like when you're Connery and you got like nine million homes around the the planet, you can give a rat's ass. I think what SNL does to you. <laughs> yeah. 
He's he's probably like, that's exactly what I would say. Yes, I would say Shaba. But it starts with a bloody S. Buck footage. You know what it means, Trebek. Sorry. But yes, R.I.P. to both of them. That's kind yeah. of why also, not Trebek, that literally just happened But um, for us. Uh, but part of the reason why I suggested that we talk about Highlander was just Instead of tackling the 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 OGest of OG Connery films, you know, with uh, James Bond, I figure we could ease into Highlander and uh, go from there. Yeah, and I think we'll get. I mean, I think obviously we'll get to to James Bond eventually. Um, but uh, you know, uh, you're right. This is one that is. I don't know. It's kind of fit with uh the kind of uh, things we've been looking at lately and i think maybe sort of tangentially it is also another canon film yes um which is i don't know it's like i think it's always fun to see a canon film because spoiler alert this movie is rough (laughs) in terms of like production quality this movie is uh yeah, I mean, it, you know, I think it had a modest budget of like $13 million for back in the day, which would have been a lot, but... That's a lot. That feels like a lot. It, it's incredible that this and Back to the Future <laughs> are like around the same time. Yeah, but think about all the, all the different things they tried to do within Highlander, you know, like the different periods they were trying to show at the same time. For some strange reason, they didn't shoot in New York. They shot in, like, mostly in England. And I'm like, why would you shoot there? I'm sure New York uh, circa, like, 84, whenever you started shooting this, would not have, uh, you know, wouldn't have mind a little bit of uh, sword play on the streets, but probably would have been used to it at that point. There's definitely one B-roll shot with uh, with uh, um, Connor McCloud walking in New York that you could tell was filmed in New York, but because his hairstyle is like completely different, <laughs> it looks like it was filmed like months later. Yeah, they call it. Oh, you're in New York, you know. But yeah, it, it's a weird. It is a canon film, but like if you like kind of take a look at the canon catalog, this is probably one of the. I mean, this has. To, Oh, no. It's probably not even their most successful film. Because it didn't do too well in the box office, if I remember correctly. Um, But it was such a, like... It developed such a cult following that that's why the second movie got made. Uh, Fuck cults, man. Because if that that is what a cult following gets you, then never mind. Um, Don't be part of a cult. I mean, if, if you learn anything from anything... Don't be part of a cult. It always works out bad in real life and in movies. Especially when you're trying to get a a, a movie where, you know, you're trying to get a second movie out of a movie that shouldn't have a second movie. Like, this is a one <laughs> yeah, and done. Look, we will definitely talk about that yeah, ending, sure. but wow, was I forgot about it. And good gravy. What? I don't, I mean, that second one, what were they thinking? Uh, in so many ways <laughs> I don't know I can tell you I remember watching the third one 
where he fights Mario Van Peebles. Uh, just because at this point I had to, we we just had to see it. I gotta and, see what happens to this day, Highlander. Yeah, exactly. At this point, I was just like, at that point, Highlander two came out. I think it was, I think it was called the Quickening. You're right and about the, that. And then I remember there was the Renegade cut because people were like, "What the fuck is this? We're gonna cut out all the alien bullshit and <laughs> make make our own version of the movie." And then they were like, well, we made a third one with Mario Van Peebles. And I said, all right, let let me watch this in the comfort of my own home. So my brother <laughs> and I just sat down, we were watching it, and then we just stopped and fast-forwarded to the end. Because we were like, this is the stupidest damn movie I've ever seen. It's insane that it came out, first off, five years later, which totally kind of like speaks to your, your point that it, uh, that it has cult status. And five years later, they make a sequel, and they just like, uh, let's do it different. Let's just make it different. That original movie's dumb. Let's let's make it in space. Well, it goes back to what I was saying, where people need origin. They need to understand why something is, other than just accepting it for what it is. This one was like, let's explain how they're immortals and why they're immortals. You don't need to. I'm good. It's, you know, you can pump the brakes. It's all good. I don't need to know why they're immortals. I didn't need to know they were actual aliens. And I didn't, oh, you're just going to keep going on and making this worse. But I guess Sean Connery needed to put another, like, level on one of his villas in Spain. All right, cool. <laughs> Give me that shelf tanner. Yes, I, I, I need to be able to look over my neighbor's lagoon. <laughs> it's in the way of me being able to take a look at the beach. Lagoon. I don't know how a lagoon blocks your view, but I'm just gonna go with it. I don't know either. I don't. I don't have lagoon nor Spanish villa money. At this yeah. point, I don't have money. I feel like you oh. shoot for that Spanish villa. That's much more in your reach than a lagoon. <laughs> what? Please, um, could you show me your very best lagoons? Mm, not I'm... too big. <laughs> but a lagoon that blocks views of other people <laughs> who are in the way. Give me this vertical lagoon, please. <laughs> All right, all right, no, no, okay, that sounds stupid, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I get it, I get it, you're a lord of Scotland now, and I am. you just have access to other things that us regular people don't have. Um, like, I, for one, have never seen a vertical lagoon, but of course this is, to, to you, just an everyday occurrence. Yes, let me not uh, remind you of the trappings of me being a lord of Glencoe in Loch <laughs> And there yeah, was probably so a good chance this movie was actually filmed on a piece of my land. Because parts of this movie were filmed in Glencoe, in Scotland. So, ha-ha! Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> ah. I bet you could uh, maybe get a really good uh, like tourist business, you know, once, once that's allowed. Um, oh, yeah. I already got the maps drawn up. Oh, See cool. where... See where Connor McLeod died on my square yard of land in Glencoe. 
From here, you could see one of the many cliffs and parapets that that Connor and Ramirez were training on during the montage. Sort of. I mean, it's around the corner there, but you could imagine. Just, I've put a, a box on the ground. If you step on the box and peek over, you can see maybe one of those spots. I'm not sure. But, would you care to buy any of our products? I have Clan McLeod wigs, uh, kilts, and ice creams. <laughs> shaped that I like just kilts? No, I figured they'd be shaped like the, the, the McLeod sword, but it would just really be like, you know, like a rocket pop with an M melted into it. <laughs> Like you, um, you put a scoop of, uh, like an oversized scoop of ice cream on top of a cone, and that's the McConnor. <laughs> I mean, the McLeod. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. Yeah, that's, I hate that fucking sword. That thing, it has like a, it has like a slice of, a uh, slice of, uh, watermelon on it with, uh, with McLeod written into it. It's just like. <laughs> I mean, that's why he left it. Good for him. <laughs> anyway. I've got to put my name on the sword. What if I lose it? No one will know. But in a way that when I hold it upright, the name is upside down. Yeah. It's it's just for one part. It's for one part of the movie, and that's that's it. That's it. I mean, and... You know, I'm no um, blacksmith, but I've watched every episode of Forged in Fire, so I feel like I'm pretty qualified to say that that would take a long time to do back in those days, and uh, oh, I yeah. would have done it. And be incredibly expensive, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this movie. Yeah, should we, uh, <laughs> should we get started? Yeah, yeah. I, I think this one's gonna be real, um, real loosey-goosey. Um, so, John, t- <laughs> tell me what you thought about this intro. Um, I'll tell you a little trivia. So I started watching it, and I pressed pause uh, after hearing a little bit of the voiceover that that is this sort of comes first. And um, I was like, wow, this echo is weird. Like, what are they trying for here? And so I paused to go to the bathroom, and I looked over and... Uh, I was watching on Amazon and they have they when you pause they have little facts that come up little little fun trivia and mm-hmm. it said this intro was recorded in the bathroom by Sean Connery <laughs> on a break from his uh vocal training for his Spanish accent and the only reason it was approved by producers is because they heard it played to them over the phone and they couldn't judge the audio quality so like sounds great approved yeah (laughs) but so it sounds like somebody in the bathroom yeah i mean you're just you're just waiting for that like you know like the drop of water breaking away as you know like he's dropping a duke or something like that (laughs) like you're just waiting for it i'm doing an intro over here it's like hold on i'm doing this from the dawn of time we came, moving silently down through the centuries, living many secret lives, struggling to reach the time of the gathering, 
when the few who remain will battle to the last. No one has ever known we were among you until now. How fucking big is this bathroom? <laughs> it just and so also I just gotta say, Canon, thanks for thinking we're a bunch of uh, morons because like all the canon movies we've seen have this ridiculous like in this ridiculous title card with like a little bit of backstory before you get into it mm-hmm. and it ruins like a lot of the reveals in the movie so i don't even know why it does like it even in it, and it's not even clearly written enough for it to actually like shed light on what you're about to see no it's like the um the uh, modern day take on like trying to be a real competent thriller or something like that where you're trying to throw everybody off but in the end it's just like no it, it that's that's pretty much probably what they had as the pitch and they're like okay we're gonna write a whole movie based off of this let's go and uh you know good <laughs> like, luck trying to figure it out right but like you figure out all of this stuff during the course of the film he's like uh, you never knew we were among you, and it's like, yeah, we get that later when everyone is surprised by what's going on. But also, how it's been going on for so like they have existed for so long and have, I guess, apparently been battling this entire time. How is it just now that people are catching on? <laughs> well, because it was getting near the end of it. Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, uh, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying. There's, there's a lot in here that make me go, that makes me go, hmm. <laughs> things hmm. that make you go, hmm. But not this. like it. Yeah, this, this movie, but or this, this explaining. But I think I have uh, the the story behind it. You know, they un- unlike Donald. Uh, Pleasance, who got paid twenty five thousand dollars for his scene, his five days in um, Halloween. Sean Connery got paid like a million dollars for this movie for like a week, maybe like a week and a half worth of work. <laughs> so they're like, "Well, we're going." Originally, I bet you that voice ration wasn't nothing. They just had it, and they're like, "Well, we need to get a million dollars out of this guy." So, hey, Connery, we need you to read this. And Connery's all like, all right, I'll read this on the shitter. And then, <laughs> you know, I told him well, I'm perfecting my Spanish accent. Yeah, sure. Would you know. like to have a, have a little taste of it? Here he goes. Hello, I am Ramirez. Perfect. <laughs> Pitch perfect. I've been practicing so hard. Yeah, but, we're like, but you're in Spain. Why can't you be you? And this was recorded in your villa in Spain. At, at no point you couldn't pick up a little bit on the accent. For and he shame. was doing lessons. He was... <laughs> he was literally... It was during his training. And I was like, well, he was drinking just wine and eating paella that whole time because... like, <laughs> <laughs> this is the way I'm going to get this accent. And me more paella. You, bring me the wine. <laughs> Uh, poor favor. <laughs> I I should say to the people listening to this, uh, we are doing this out of the utmost respect. This is all in fun. 
Oh, I mean, absolutely. I just really got to say that because Listen, it's going to happen a I lot. Know. <laughs> I know. This is, um, we're a few weeks removed from it, but, and I mean, the thing is, like, that's kind of Connery's charm is that it doesn't matter if he's playing Captain Ramius, it doesn't matter if he's playing Ramirez, something, 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 something. Juan Villalobos, Ramirez. Right. Uh, the the Egyptian Spaniard, like you you don't care because you're there to see him. Truly, I think you're just like great. You're not thinking about the fact that this doesn't make sense. Yeah, I've never seen a Connery movie where I didn't feel like it was not Sean Connery, right? You know, like he he's never taken me so you know like first night. I wasn't like, oh, he's King Arthur. No, it's like, no. <laughs> this is Sean Connery, and that's it's the same Greer. thing with De Niro, right? You go see a De Niro movie, you're like, I'm here to see Bobby De Niro, uh, and you're like, yeah, he's playing what is his name? I don't care. It's a, uh, it's it's De Niro. It's a, it's a yeah, it's it's hard to like separate the two, and you know, like even. Jack Nicholson is able to, he, he skirts that a little bit because he's able sure. to really put his all into it. But sometimes you're like, all right, well, that's that's a Jack Nicholson, yeah. you know, and then like every Connery movie. Walken yeah, is another he, good example. Yeah, Bruce Willis. He doesn't exactly melt into a role. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know, he it could be, uh, what's it, fucking Balls of Fury? Or it can be bolt fiction. You don't ever know yeah. what you're getting with walking. Fucking... Yeah, and I'm. <laughs> you know what I'm imagining right now? Mm. Everybody listening to this, just like gritting their teeth and getting ready for a terrible impression. Of of oh of any of them or just Christopher Walken? Because we're we're like Robert De Niro. People are like, oh, don't do it. Christopher Walken. Oh, God. <gasps> yeah, that's true. Don't worry. We're not going to do it. No. No. I don't have a... I know everyone has a Walken, but I don't. No, mine, mine is two blocks away. It's, it's got to walk to get here. Right. Yeah. Oh, wait. Hold on. <laughs> mine. <laughs> Doing my mine, own mine walking out the door. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh... I thought this intro was fine. Um, yeah. Here's another bit of fun trivia for you. Mm. Now that we're on the trivia train. Um, the text and background were meant to be placeholders. Well, could have fooled me. You can I mean, tell. <laughs> I mean, you it's know. like, eh, hey, looks good enough. Yeah, this looks great. Well, I mean, look, dude, the director, uh, Russell McCall, 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 I think it's Russell Mulcahy. All right, well, we'll go with that. This dude, before he did this movie, he directed nothing but, like, either music videos or music video shorts. So, like, he did... Videos for Duran Duran, Elton John, Queen. So that's got to be the reason why Queen is doing this soundtrack. And then my, one of my favorite movies that we have to talk about at some point, The Shadow. And the, the Alec Baldwin yes. Shadow? 
Yes. Oh, yeah, where he gets... His, yes. His superhero costume is a scarf and a big nose. Yeah, and a trench coat and opera cape. Shadow's fucking boss. <laughs> <laughs> and you're talking about not the serial, like, radio serial. You're talking about the, the actual Alec Baldwin yeah, Shadow yeah, yeah. movie. Yes. That's, well, awesome. I mean, unless this <laughs> Russell great. McKay could go back in time and was recording those old men, old-timey radio shows of the shadow teaching you that all, you know, no. <laughs> yeah, he did the fucking, the magnum opus, which was the shadow starring Adam Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Alec Baldwin? Baldwin. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many fucking Baldwins. Of Firefly fame, Adam Baldwin. He wouldn't have been a Not even related Lamont. to the family. <laughs> he might have been a fine Lamont Cranston. <laughs> Hey, yeah, we I took suppose. we we took a week off. My brain is uh, not firing on all pop culture cylinders. Well, I think this is the best it's ever been. All right, um, excellent. But I that that's a great point because uh, while I was watching this movie, man, I was like halfway through. I, I was like, wait, this director must have been doing vi- music videos before this movie because. <laughs> Some of these these shots and angles and stuff are wild. Like, there are so many extreme, like, way... There's some, like, parts where people are sitting at the desk and the camera looks like it's on the floor. Yeah, there are shots <laughs> in this movie that don't make sense. Like, they, they don't make sense because they're meant to be the background to nonsensical lyrics. You know, they don't make any sense. Exactly. They're meant to be like weird, sort of like evocative, like quick hits that like you're not really paying attention to because you're listening to what? I don't know. Uh, I mean, like Hungry Like the Wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that one makes sense. Like Hungry Like the Wolf, you know, like that's I don't know if that's not one of them. Paul Giamatti singing Death Leopard just now. But pour some, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Boy. Nope, can't do it. Now, now I'm on the spot. Oh. Hey, 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 McLeod, pour some sugar on me. Yes. Pour some sugar on me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Paul G. Money. <laughs> Covered Pitch. Jeff Leopard. Perfect. That was Sean Connery's Spanish accent level perfection. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um. So, uh, tell me this: mm. the fabulous Freebirds are they actual wrestlers? Yes. <laughs> I did not. I did yeah. not recognize them. Yeah. No. That that was um, AWA all. American Wrestling Association, I think. Um, that was who was wrestling at the time. I know it's the Fabulous Freebirds, and I recognize the Tonga Kid. Because, you know, um, 80s. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Just going to do that. But, um, yeah, they were definitely wrestlers. They got um, inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, I think. Um, and you know, you gotta love them, especially like, like a minute in and dude has a giant sequenced Confederate flag cape. <laughs> yep. 
yeah, that was a great way to start <clears throat> this movie. And just like a really weird... There's like several... This Already you're off to like a weird start because I think during this sequence there's like a weird helicopter shot. I know I've said like weird three times, but... <laughs> What is this, like, pre-drone drone shot? Like, how do they do this? That was the dude who invented the digital gimbal. Um, That was, like, super expensive technology at the time. So it was um, uh, four wires or two wires that were just strung across that was meant to give you that, like, like, zoom in, steady cam type of flown. And he, um, the director, actually added the helicopter sound to kind of give it that weird effect for some reason. (laughs) Are you serious? Because I was like, I was like, what kind of like pre-drone drone drone am I looking at here? Why is there a helicopter sound? Why is it? Why is it being picked up and put in the movie? Like everything about this, (laughs) the sequence. I was like, what is happening? Yeah, no, no, it, it was like like super new technology for the time but, so yeah that's like when you see professional football um american football for you listeners overseas um and they have that that camera they have that that's basically like like exactly what you're de- describing it's suspended by like four wires and sort of flies around the field exactly but this was like the first one and I mean, it's really cool. Like, especially if you think about the time, and, sure. Like to see the, the shot. Crowd is like, <laughs> the crowd is reacting to it. Well, fuck yeah! I'd be scared as shit waiting for this camera to break off this little <laughs> tiny one. <laughs> oh no, my face! No, I don't know why it's Arnold, but you know. Anyway, uh, yeah, like I, uh, I thought it was really cool. I, it, um. But yeah, I thought the helicopter sound was a little weird. Yeah. Because <laughs> it would have been a way different shot. Because everyone's hair, jackets, and everything just would have been blown away. Because they didn't have no drones like that. And then when you first see Christopher Lambert, and he has that like that dramatic reflection light like on his face where like just his eyes are illuminated, but just he is, and he's sitting like in the the midst of like a huge crowd it looks like it is it is like insanely it's funny and distracting and uh and like dramatic at the same time because christopher lambert is like he is selling it at a thousand percent oh yeah dude's <laughs> like, moody yeah dude staring is moody into, into nowhere it's funny, I almost feel like that shot should have been done a little bit in reverse, where we had a close-up of his eyes that were kind of lit up that way, and then zoomed out and everything was fine. Yeah. Because it is weird, and again, I would love to know actually how they did that shot where it was just shooting a beam across his eyes and his eyes <laughs> They only. literally have somebody, like, the assistant director is holding a mirror, I think. This is just me assuming. Right. And shining it into his eyes, basically. <laughs> I mean, the dude's, like, nearsighted in real life, like, like almost legally blind, and here they are just shining these lights in his face. That must have sucked. <laughs> it's, it looks, in this context, with him surrounded by people who are not being affected by this light, it looks so ridiculous. It's 
it's completely putting a lampshade on the effect but um you know you know who you're supposed to pay attention to so i guess yeah not the dude next to him or behind him no no it's the man oh in man the tan trench that coat. guy <laughs> the guy <laughs> who's just yelling in his ear oh you gotta stop on him well, you know, that's how you wrestled back in the days. You gotta stomp on him. You gotta step on his back. <laughs> uh, it, it it really, like... I know that there are people who go to wrestling matches and are, like, really into it, but it is like that guy is at, a, like, an actual fight. Like, at a boxing match. Well, it's he's funny... He's acting like he's at a boxing match. match. Well, it's funny <laughs> you pick up on that, because originally... They wanted it to be a hockey match. Like, they wanted to film that and focus on the fighting, right? Like, the guy's punching and things. So, when you're getting that flashback to the Scots fighting, mm. you know, like, as he's trying to kind of tune him out or he's thinking, as Connor's thinking of the past, um, that's what they wanted. But the NHL was like, no, we're a wholesome sport. We don't focus on fighting. You find something else. So, then they were just like, okay, wrestling. Wrestling is a good wrestling. Wrestling's like a bunch of warriors fighting. So let's get a bunch of dudes with mullets and sequence capes to drop kick. And that one guy who was screaming all that shit must have had been direction. Okay, you believe this is real? <laughs> and like these guys in the ring are tearing each other apart, and and you gotta believe it. And so that guy was like, "All right." And you're so my time lonely, and you have no one else to talk to. You're so gonna you sp- grab the lapels of this person in front of you and just scream into their ear. Yes. Can you do that? Guys, like, yeah, yeah, I, I can. guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, um, so I guess that like one of the reasons he's like he looks so intense is that he has that sick immortal sensing feeling um because i mean we're like not even that far into this movie and we get our first uh slow sword fight yeah you know like yeah it was pretty slow um also though what's his name uh aman facile facile yes facile Facile, the finnish um guy who who is who I don't, you know, I I I unlike Brenda, am not a sword expert, um, but but uh, that didn't look like a broadsword to me. No, um, it did not look like a broadsword to me either, and I was going to, I did not look it up and confirm it because to me it just looked like a rapier, um, right, with the way the uh, hilt and everything. Um, was but they gave it a big old what they they uh toledo salamanca was i think the name of his the type of his sword yes Um, a uh a well-known enough sword that it's really what tip brenda's uh tips brenda off yeah apparently it is a, a type of uh broadsword i just looked it up well, there you go. Does it look like? Yeah, it looks like the one he had. It just, but well, I'll it, be darned. I guess it, I don't know. I told you I don't know my swords, and and gall darn it, I don't. But 
to be fair, when you look at it and you see how it's formed and the fact that it's a bell and a guard and all that stuff is to me it it looks it has more of a rapier look to it, so I'd be willing to argue that shit. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm no expert. I took fencing for a few years, but um Yeah, you're um, you're a bit of a swordsman yourself. Yes. Well, you have to be when you're Lord of Glenclough and Lockbearer. I know, uh, you, you have to you have to rouse ten to twenty of your good friends and have a battle on the hillside. Where you just scream your name as a buff. <laughs> McLeod! 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 I love when Facile shows up and mm. he has those, like, G-Man shades on and he just... <laughs> Just like pops up from behind a, a column and he's like, Kana! Yeah, oh man. This, I mean, this dude was dressed to the nine versus like Connor is just wearing like this uh, tan trench coat, white shoes, and <laughs> sneakers. Dude is has a, constantly wears his, his trench coat tied at the waist, which is, I don't know about you, but it's like the dorkiest way to wear a trench coat. <laughs> Yeah, no one no one uses that belt on a trench coat. You're not <laughs> that thing gets lost first. Yeah, like in fact, you're probably the one who made it get lost in the first place. You're like, "Oh, not wearing this." Get Just lost. Get lost. And as it slinks away and cries. Yeah. <laughs> that poor <laughs> thing. Poor thing, fuck it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're going to have an immortal fight, I'd rather fight a dude in a business suit who can fucking, who, who for some strange reason does the most unnecessary backflips. Yeah, he flips everywhere. Also, I guess this, uh, this famous sword, whenever it hit, hits a car, it generates a shower of sparks that I swear goes on for a minute and a half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because they're immortal. They have inside yeah. them blood of kings, I guess. <laughs> That's what the song said. Blood of kings. Right? Because like, all, all I could play is this. <laughs> That's all I could play before I get drunk. But you listen the to the song. The Mercury Estate is very litigious. But, yeah. uh, you, yes. You just listen to that. That will tell you everything you need to know about a immortal. But there's no point in that song where they're like, He's going to be on a roof of a car. Then he's going to do a backflip off the hood of the car for no reason. And then he's just going to keep backflip flipping down the aisle of cars. For like, a, I mean, like he was like Mary Lou Retton. Like his floor routine was flawless. He just kept going. <laughs> I was just going, what the fuck? But the, these swords are cutting through like uh, car hoods like they're nothing. They're cutting into... You know, concrete like they're nothing. These are like some badass swords. And if they yeah. shoot sparks, even better. Yeah, I guess so. But, you know, not all the backslipping flipping in the world could save Facile from being facapitated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if you're going to sit there and do a floor routine, it means you stop practicing your way with the blade for years, I guess. <laughs> because, yeah, he, he disarms him. 
and then uh, fucking chops his head off. Yeah, I mean, like, um, was he at the wrestling match? Did he show up? Like, nothing. There's, <laughs> there's nothing to set you up to like why this happens, do but th- it does. I mean, do you think it was because like Connor was like, you know, I'm going to go watch some wrestling, and then Facile was like. Uh, I think I'm going to take it in a wrestling match. And then they were both there like, oh, well, we got to go down to the parking lot where nobody's going to be. And we're yeah, gonna- I think they were both buying hot dogs and uh, like just spotted each other. <laughs> we were <laughs> bumped into each other. Will you pass the mustard? Fazir. Fazir. <laughs> McCloud. <laughs> As he just starts flipping away. Ah, Fazil. <laughs> Always with the flipped Fazil. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so so he gets his head chopped off, and, and we see Connor go through the first of many, what I'm going to call a poltergeist orgasm. Would you yeah, say that's accurate? <laughs> sure. Sure. He's like, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all sorts of poltergeists going into him. I mean, what do you just, I mean, what do you call it besides that? Well, isn't it called the, uh, the, uh, quickening? Indeed, it's, it's calling the quick, it's called the quickening, which gets name dropped later in the, in, spoiler alert, the final quickening, when he's like, (laughs) the quickening overwhelms me! (laughs) And that's like the, some of the trippiest, um fucking music video shit you're gonna get in that part too but bunch of cool like ed hardy fucking tigers and dragons like flow through them i know everything (laughs) baller but i I mean i like this because look he he cuts off a head and then like electricity is just kind of like arcing off of the ground car lights are going nuts like i mean it's a big fucking deal this isn't just like you know cut his head off like thank you for your life force (laughs) you know like this dude was old as shit too or something because things are exploding he's having his screamgasm yeah listen what when do you what are the rules for when you stop aging in this uh, for these people I, i have an answer for you that, that's a legit answer if you, you're willing to humor me for a second. Of course, always. Okay, okay. so when, uh, for those who can't listen to the, um, <laughs> right, for those who can't listen to that, when uh, a person becomes immortal, it's because they die the first time. But, they continue to age until they kill their first immortal. When they kill their first immortal and take that life force is when they stop the aging process. But wait a minute. No. Connor no, no, doesn't like, as kill far as until way later. Well, no, that we don't know when he who he may have killed in his travels. I guess, but I mean, remember when he's with um, uh, Heather, 
she grows old and dies and he doesn't grow old so you're saying from when he is banished to he, he may to have when killed he one meets heather then maybe he killed one other highlander but this is pre-training by ramirez ramirez yes yes hmm. that's what i was reading about it it doesn't make a lot of sense to me but whatever like okay i mean it's it's the lore that was i mean it was probably established by the tv show i assume it was actually in a book uh, the tv show didn't do any of this shit because they knew better just be like you killed someone okay you can look like you did when you you died and came back it's fine <laughs> you they, look like the age of the actor yeah versus this right because like in the case of connor he would have been like just 18 maybe 19 when he was out there you know screaming Right, <laughs> as the bat, as the as the battle mage or whatever he was doing, um, um, and he's then you buffing know, everyone. He's buffing everyone. They're like, "Oh, I'm hearing my name." I feel oh, good inspiring now. shout! He keeps doing it. He's, he's doing just spamming it. inspiring shout. But it, it's his cooldown is you know the problem is he keeps triggering it, and we're getting less fucking DPSs on it. Because he keeps triggering it too soon. He just keeps going. That whole scene. <laughs> it's so funny. Right. Immediately, when they when they flash back to ancient Scotland, and they just have, like, you're like, all right, well, they, they could only hire so many extras, I guess. Because <laughs> they have, like, 20 or 30 people walking, and they put them on a very narrow bridge to make them look like they are uh, many more, I think. But they're just—they're just like riding to battle, saying their own names. Well, yeah, I mean, it starts out like innocent enough. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, uh, just for the folks at home, uh, he uh, Connor throws his sword up in a light and he runs away. Then we go to the Highlands of Scotland. So you just were following along with us. <laughs> um, right. Oh man, if you think we're going to hit every single detail, we won't. Good but I just luck. I just want to point that out, uh, just 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 for prosperity's sake. But yeah, we're probably going to jump around a lot like this movie does. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you get uh, Connor, and he's with his uh, his cousin Dougal or Dugan. I wasn't sure. And then the other one, and they're all like, "He's a Highlander by God." The last Sunday here should not be that. He's a Highlander oh, by shit, God. That's the wrong one. <laughs> <Never> mind. <laughs> that's the wrong one. <laughs> That'll come up. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, no, so this one we get. The cloud! <laughs> right? So they all, they all, they all, like, yeah, the 30 guys are all fighting each other on this field. And, um, I mean, it's cool, but no one's fighting him, right? Like, he, all he's doing is yeah. just screaming McCloud. And I knew you were going to harp on like... that. Because <laughs> I <laughs> literally like, wrote it in my there notes. Are liter- there are like 20 people that could have like they line up and you're just like and are there more or are you guys waiting this looks like the group that we were following before split into two shirts and skins and decided (laughs) it it feels like this problem could have like been like discussed 
over some drinks. <laughs> there wasn't enough for there wasn't enough for the call this a real battle. This, this is a scuffle or like uh, Black Friday at Target. At, at, <laughs> yep. You know, at best, people are fighting over the eighty dollar TV. Guess what? Don't fight over the eighty dollar eighty dollar TV because it's not worth it. Yeah, but we, really shouldn't. But I mean, I yeah, <laughs> nobody will fight. Before they point out that nobody will fight him, even uh, though I guess you saw this mysterious knight say, "Remember our deal. Don't he's mine. Don't hey, attack hey, him." Hey, hey, this this is Clancy Brown. Yeah, so he, he doesn't sound like, like Paul. Hey, it's me, he doesn't... Brown. No, he doesn't sound like Paul Giamatti. Mr. Krabs. He doesn't sound like Paul Giamatti. Oh, cool this is man. totally a different voice. It's me, Clancy Brown. <laughs> there is one called Connor among them. I... Remember our agreement, Murdoch. Mine. It's okay, it kind of sounds like <laughs> the boy is mine. The yeah. boy is mine. <laughs> it's me, Freddy Krugen. That's that's uh, that's, that's fair. Freddy Krugen, Krugen, Kurgan, Kurgan. Fuck. But, you know, he said the boy was his, so that's why everyone's leaving Connor alone. I love that. And as he's screaming, he, he, then he starts going to pleading. Fight me, that one! No, that's better than Kyle! Fight me, you coward! No, not him! <laughs> Fight me, you coward! Do you remember in the earlier scene where he is, like, kind of, tr- he's, like, kind of, like, dipping his toe in the Scottish accent? When he's like, McClards! And, um, and, uh, and then now he's just like, fight me, damn you! <laughs> he completely dropped it. Well, I mean, fucking, I think at this point, this was Christopher Lambert's first real English speaking rule. Um, so, I want to give him major chops for uh, trying to do a Scottish accent for exactly one voice line. <laughs> Rather <laughs> than having it devolve into Fight he dips me, it damn out. <laughs> Fight me, damn you. <laughs> he dips it out. Um but he he uh he he eventually gets his wish and he doesn't even put up much of a fight because uh Kurgan uh stabs him through the gut, which if I was a Highlander, I would just go for the head every time. If you got a good shot, why so... you keep doing these gut stabs? No, because he needs to kill Connor, so then he can kill Connor. Right, he's, so then he's he becomes not... the Highlander. But then, but then I don't know. He he does when he gets dragged away. He does seem pretty upset. <laughs> like five people football tackle him and drag him away, and he's like, "Next time, McLeod, I'll get you next time." Yeah, I mean, I'd be pissed too. He had this set up like the, 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 this neighbor scuffle. They get all these guys to fight, so he could show up in this this backyard skirmish. We get this great thing where we're looking up at Connor, 
And then the shot goes from normal film to some sort of weird grainy videotape effect. <laughs> and then we fly right out of Connor's eye as he's driving like this car I've I've only ever seen in movies. <laughs> really yeah. fast. I'm a, I'm a big fan of cars. I did not recognize this one, which is, I guess I'm not big enough fan of cars, but it had a dumb roll bar. It looks dumb. It's a bad car. <laughs> it's a bad, dumb car. And he is uh, driving it in a way where you would only draw attention to yourself. If he's not trying to be arrested, I'm not sure what he's trying. I mean, you drive a car that looks like this, you want people to notice you. But you're a person who's been hiding for, you know, hundreds of years, so no one knows you exist. I don't think you buy a car like this, but... And, but there it is. There it is. I mean, it looks like something out of the Rocketeer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, it is such a unique car that I feel like it... And it is only featured in this one scene and never uh, again... It's a Porsche 356A Speedster. Oh, well. Wow, Porsche. Well, they don't all look good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you see the real badass Mustang that was in that movie, though? In the parking lot uh, when Fasil and him were doing their flippy battle fight? Oh, yeah. There were some great cars in that parking lot. Yeah, just this one. Let's, you know what? I was immortal. I don't it. I allow it. You know, he's got, he's has tastes that we can't possibly understand or comprehend. Um, but uh, what do you think of these cops? They seem like real pieces of shit. Well, I mean, yeah, these are not great cops. Just going to put out and say that these, these, it's weird because when he's leaving the parking lot, the cops are coming one way. I don't know why he just didn't turn left. Yeah, he sort of drives into them. Right. And a part of me thought, it's like, well, obviously the further along this movie, but then the other half of me thought it was like, maybe he's just getting really tired of this shit, so he's just like, whatever. But, like, I don't really know why they stopped him in the first place. Like, I don't know how this whole series of events transpires. Yeah, he just is speeding out of the parking garage, and it seems the 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 only reason that they sort of uh, stop him is because he is speeding out of the parking garage. Yeah, but like, where did all these cops arrive? Because there's at no point when you know all the cars are exploding and shit, we don't hear one is like, hey, what the fuck, or you know, I'm gonna call the cops. None of that. Like this parking lot was strangely empty that must have been the greatest wrestling match that ever happened in all time where no one was in the parking lot or trying to beat the crowd and they stopped him because he was speeding and then yeah the cops were real jerky to him but i mean look at look at fucking uh connor mcleod using the alias of but uh, uh, r nash or mr nash or something like that he punched one of the cops and he didn't get shot for it so, uh, yeah. good for him. Yeah, right? White privilege in action, ladies and gentlemen. Glad you said it. I put it on my note, but glad you said it. <laughs> I mean, this he, yeah, he punches cops several times and nothing happens to him. He's not even arrested. <laughs> he punches a cop and then is like, am I under arrest? And then they're like, no. He's like, then we're done here. And it's like, okay, 
All right. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, we should say, I guess, before we move on, that we do find out that that Connor is in a bad way back in the past. Um, we know he's all right because we've seen him in the future, but uh, back in Scottish times, he's not doing so great. He's a Highlander, by God. The last Sunday here should not be that of a wailing woman. I can't tell if if um, the priest has a terrible haircut now or if he had it the whole time. Um, I'm wagering the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it is bizarre. It's obviously like a bald cap with hair pasted on to, to sort of create these this sort of semi-mohawk mohawk mullet. Mohawklet. I don't know. Um... But it is so distracting, uh, it was, or at least it was to me. Um, let's talk about how terrible this police station is. I know it's like New York back in the 80s, so there's probably some precedence for this sort of uh, thing. But it's like out of a cartoon, bad police station. Yeah, it's like a music video police station. Like what people <laughs> yeah. would, you know, just enough things there that look like people work there but not enough substance looks it honestly right. looked more like a hospital to me like the way yeah. it was strangely white in fact i think uh there's a part a little later where they go to the hospital i think they just moved all the shit out of the police <laughs> station the same building. <laughs> it looked like it's the yeah. same place um it looked exactly like the same building yeah it's weird right there's like these the the there's a prisoner holding cell right up next to uh, all the interview rooms and all the interview rooms have like open like tops uh, like the walls go up like a quarter of the way to the roof and then it's just open air so you can just hear everything that's going on it's ridiculous and chaotic you can't imagine that anyone would actually be able to work there yeah especially when you, they have so many people in the, those like little holding cells we're just shouting nonstop. yeah screaming um, but you know what? They are lucky because they have a forensics person who, in her spare time, writes books specifically, and this is very important, specifically about swords and the origins of swords. So Yeah, right? It's, um... It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's an insane coincidence. And the fact that she like immediately recognizes the sword is uh is insane. I guess she she um <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just like insane that she knows exactly what it is and then like tips her off right away. Like she's on to the 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 weirdness of this whole thing immediately. Um in a way that's not very believable, but whatever. That's the least of this movie's problems, <laughs> truly. I mean, I understand, again, you need things to move the plot along. I think she could have just been like, I don't know, this looks like this is an old-ass sword. I mean, I guess yeah. I was happy to have an expert there, but I don't know if it needed to be one and the same character. When it could have been like, okay, well, let me look into this, and holy shit, you know how much this sword is worth? But now this movie doesn't have time for that type of, like, backstory because we have to jump through time a bunch bunch more so um we're gonna combine this character into a bunch of things and she's gonna know that whatever you know good things <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um but uh as we said before uh nash 
as he's going by now, not Connor, uh, is not under arrest. Uh, despite him like full on punching Garfield and uh, the other de- detective, he's able to walk a free man. I mean, I'm kind of glad. Um, uh, kind of glad that Connor punched Garfield because I didn't like Connor. I excuse me, I didn't like Garfield's uh, treatment of Connor. Oh, sure. And he does um, drop the f bomb, yeah. and not fuck. Yeah, we have no problems saying that word. Believe fucking me, no problem saying that one. But yeah, he drops <laughs> the f word, and I'm like, I mean, look, Connor being grilled by the the chief about you know, do you do you know who this guy was? And then like, I like Connor's response was like, oh well, he was depressed. About the shitty wrestling that he cut his own head off. <laughs> <laughs> That's not I, funny. <laughs> I mean, I've been to a few plays where it made me think, oh, if I only had a sword. Um, <laughs> and then that's when Garfield drops the F word. And then Connor quickly retorts. And um, they get in a little bit of a scuffle. Indeed. Um, let's talk a little bit about the introduction of Punk uh, Kurgan. It also left a man's decapitated body lying on the floor next to his own severed head. A head which at this time has no name. I know his name. <laughs> yeah. Punk Kurgan is a punk. And he's a punk in the... The most sort of punk way uh, your grandpa's idea of a punk. <laughs> he he he. I don't know. To me, I never rolled the punk scene, but I knew a lot of people who uh, who repped it. This screamed punk to me. You're like you think it's authentic. I think it's pretty authentic. I, you know, uh, feel free to uh, add us at the uh, Pop Saga dot on, on Twitter. On Instagram or at the uh, popsaga at gmail.com to tell me if he's not punk enough. I think he's he was pretty punk. He's got black leather. He's got silver studs. He's got black hair. He's got white powder makeup all over his body. And it's a little bit of makeup around his eyes to make him look moody. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think it, I mean, I think it works when this dude is like, you know, you find out a little bit about him later on. This dude's been around a long fucking time. He's the most powerful immortal. They're not yep. called Highlanders, guys. Stop calling them Highlanders. Only one is a Highlander. Or seven. What do you think? <laughs> I think four for sure. But four. there might be more. Like, uh, Connor McLeod's uh, lineage extends through the eons where there are many more immortals, but it doesn't make sense later on because they would have had to fight each other and it just gets really messy, but it's <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, let's not If you think about to... it too much, you'll go insane. Yes, your brain will explode. You'll want to chop your own head off with a sword. <laughs> uh, I like, I, I like, I like 
Punk Kurgan. I think it's exactly what I would do if I've been around since, like, how many ever BCs he was beforehand. And um, there's a couple things. So I, to me, he there is a there's an element of they're laying it on a little thick. I think with his character design, but what I will say is I love his gun case sword. Like this is the only time we get to see the assembly process, but I love that he has like a what looks like a case you might see a sniper rifle in in a movie where someone puts it together except he has a collapsible his sword in pieces that he sort of like clicks together like a cool <laughs> like an assassin or something it's a cool looking sword it looks like it belongs to him and yeah him assembling it i don't know if that makes a lot of sense when building a sword but it's so cool like why not right yeah, it it sort of uses language of other sort of bad guys and and like relates it to the Highlander mythos in a way that I thought was cle- really clever. Yeah, but I love how he's doing like all these katas with it and he's like rolling it across his arms and shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just like a nonsensical scene, but um he's trying you know, to get he's used to the weight of it. He's getting ready. Yeah. He uh he the guy who who checked him into this sleazy hotel saw that he had a wad of twenty, so he he sends uh, some someone to keep him company. I guess you could say. Hi, I'm Candy. Mm. Of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. Love it. It's, it's a like, great scene, but in my memory, I thought there was it in <laughs> okay. In my memory, I thought there was a sex scene with him with Clancy Brown's character. No, I think you're smoking too much uh um crack. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Listen, I haven't done that in like 15 minutes. Um but yeah, no no it's just it's it's innuendo nothing more yeah i guess so i thought for sure they had some weird i guess they sort of just imply it later when uh when they say hey didn't you like candy i heard you're pretty kinky <laughs> when the when the herpes sore um like front desk guy at the hotel that that kurgan is staying at sort of brings that up but Oh, you know, maybe I just saw a secret unrated version. You might have, or, you know. <laughs> no one you're, else like, seen. you're like, you know what I've been waiting for? Clancy Brown sex scene, so let's go. I think he he definitely has one in... I am a bit of a connoisseur of Clancy Brown sex scenes, as you can probably <laughs> tell. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost positive he has one in Carnival. Come one, come all to Carnival. You ever seen that one? You ever seen that show? No. Jeez, maybe I'm thinking of Boardwalk Empire. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> I can't wait to see your website. It's just going for <laughs> Clancy Brown sex scenes. Sexy, <laughs> sexy Clancy. Uh, <laughs> of, of course, course you are. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Krabs. 
The boy is mine. He'll never get my Krabby Patty recipe. The boy is mine, SpongeBob. <laughs> um, I don't know. We're we're all over the place, but we are. We're uh, we're, we're jumping through this movie in a, in the best way so, possible. <laughs> so I wrote that the scene in the police lab, all the low angles are making me nervous. Yeah, you think she's going to get shanked by someone. And, yeah, it's uh, like, it's creating a very eerie atmosphere and nothing happens. Yeah, this is like... Yeah, it, this it's weird because they needed this part because there was a earlier part where she was in at the crime scene and she found, like, uh, these big-ass chunks of, like, Connor's sword <laughs> that was just left in this column, so she needed to run test on it. And then she, I think that's but, actually later. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Because Wait. doesn't she go back to the scene when Connor is there? That's when she's pulling out the the Masamune uh, shards from the the crack in the wall. When he like, when they're just it's just them, and he like knocks over a, a bottle and and runs away. Because yeah, you're right. You're right. Because this is when the smarmy lab technician comes in with shards that were found at the scene that she didn't know about i think that she was looking for more to confirm you're i mean this scene to me honestly doesn't make a lot of sense i think you're right because the next one is back at the stadium because connor's getting his sword back and then we see brenda brought the metal detector yeah so you're right because that's when she's scanning the wall she still finds real big chunks of a sword. Like I just don't think huge so, chunks. <laughs> like I mean, like they, these were like ginormous. They were huge. Um, but uh, I love how like she goes. She she does this. Then she goes to an Irish bar. Um, and I thought Connor's way of picking her up was insane. You, you, yes, you are hundred percent correct. There's no way that uh, this would have ever worked, even if you're over four hundred something years old. <laughs> Go to the garden often. <laughs> <laughs> Just says he's sitting five seats away from her. They happen to be the only two people in this Irish bar, but she's like, he's like, you just, and he's not even facing her. He's like. Go to the garden up, and then she turns around, and he's just like pointing at himself. Me, I said it. <laughs> like who else? Like a bartender did say it. <laughs> yeah, no, this is really weird. And he's like, "I want to buy you." What, what, did he offer to buy her a drink or some shit like that? It's something like that. He like wanted to take her out to like he comes on really strong, and there's like a weird sad song playing this whole time. Yeah, but it's another like, Queen song, too. It's another, right, it's another Queen. The whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, how did they get Queen? How do they have so much Queen in this movie? Well, when the director, like I said, worked on some Queen stuff before, originally they were only going to do one song, but then they saw footage from this and they were like, oh, we're going to... They got really inspired, so they started writing other songs. So wow. actually, It's a Kind of Magic was inspired by this movie. So that's why if you listen to It's a Kind of Magic, that album is pretty much the Highlander soundtrack. <laughs> it's insane. They're like, this looks great. 
This movie is gangbusters. Yeah, this this movie is Star Wars. This is the next Star Wars. <laughs> People are gonna love this movie for the end of time. And we do. Obi Wan Kenobi. This part of the bar is another one that is just I mean, really honestly, it's a scene that meant to get us to this next part. And they couldn't right. figure out another way to get these two together. Other than <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe you could have modified it a little bit where it's like, well, I know there's an antique dealer over here who specializes in this type of stuff and get them involved that way instead of just like, come here, Uffin. I want to take you out. Madison Square Garden. Wrestling. You know? Go to the, go to the garden, Uffin. <laughs> have you been to the garden recently? I'm like, <laughs> what is this? Like... He, they're at an Irish bar. Is it next to Madison Square Garden? I don't know. So much in this movie, I have no idea where I am geographically. Like, from, like, scene to scene, where am I? What happened? Like, he is telling her that he was the one who knocked over that bottle when he was spying on her at the Madison Garden, Madison Square Square Garden parking lot, right? Mm. Or... Is this bar like right ne- right next to it? So he's like, go to the garden. Of it. That doesn't make sense. It's not even. It's not like it's a bar in Madison Square Garden, and probably not even close to Madison Square Garden. Probably probably closer to where her house is, because it seems like this is a neighborhood type bar. So you know, we know he followed her to this spot, and you know, when she's so creeped out by Connor, she takes off. Really, she's just waiting to follow Connor. Again, all of this is just to get us right to this next part. Right, where... <laughs> where they have a weird fight, uh, you know, they uh, a weird series of events happens where... I guess, I mean, like... <laughs> so, Connor is, like, hiding behind a corner, and he's, he's basically... He's essentially lost Brenda at this point, because he can tell she's tailing him. And but it, he insists on making her part of what happens next. He like he grabs her by the for, like fairly forcibly by the face and pulls her into an alleyway, and and then they get attacked by Kurgan. But like it's his fucking fault. <laughs> yeah, well, how, the Kurgan appeared out of nowhere. He's like, yeah, okay, also granted, he just fucking <laughs> appears out of the ether. Yeah, he's like, hello, you know, like, <laughs> here I am, it's me, Clancy Brown. Yeah, and this dude, he, Clancy Brown, is not a small man. Kurgan does not look like a small individual. I don't know how he's prowling around that way, but this fucker just like, hello, here I am. <laughs> and they fight, uh, you know, in one of those famous downtown New York uh, oil processing facilities. <laughs> Yeah, there's plenty of them. They're all over the place. I love this stupid ADR of the scene where he's like, where uh, Kurgan is like, uh, uh, nice to see you. And then the ADR, Connor being like, nice to see you too. <laughs> well, I also like. You gotta but... make him seem like he has some sort of like quip. You know, Connor I mean, says a lot of quips uh, that it don't make a sense in this movie. No, but did you did you notice a trend? After a while, he starts going, you know, like 
Like, no, nice to see you. <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. yeah. The, <laughs> the, the lamb bear, the lamb bear giggle does make a uh, a cameo, but it's much later in the movie. Yeah. I'm so sad we didn't get any get more uh, lamb bear. Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they, I wish they would have fucking ADR that shit in there instead. When he's swinging that fucking hose at Kurgan. <laughs> and then fucking Brenda's like, well, I'm, I'm gonna either I'm picking between the fucking punk or the real creepy dude at the bar. I guess I'm I'm going in with the creepy dude at the bar. Hands him How a do pipe. You like the hel- the police helicopter that shows up while they're fighting for some reason. Where did this or, police cop- helicopter come from? The same place and... Kurgan did. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Yeah, and they're like, "You stop there!" And then, like, he runs away. He's like, "Hey, where are you going?" <laughs> and then the worst part is, if Connor just would have let her keep walking by, he would have never needed to give her this warning. Is like, you only have one life. If you value it, go home. Yeah, he involved her in this situation. Yeah, no. She part. was walking, but he lost her. She would just have kept walking and been fine. <laughs> he pulled her into this situation. He's like, now don't get involved. Even though I involved you, but don't get involved. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my god, like, but it's it's comedy scene after comedy scene. Because the next scene is also fucking hilarious. Because we're back in the past, we're back in Scotland, and uh, everyone... <laughs> Everyone's at a bar, and they're and like Connor comes in, and it's like you know it's ancient, you know it's uh it's fifteen hundred Scotland, so there's no jukebox, but the the record's like when <laughs> he comes in, and then everybody everybody's just like, uh, well, you shouldn't be okay, so you're in league with the devil, and we will immediately turn on you. Twenty four hours earlier, they were wailing by his body. And now they're like, he's in league with the devil. And his his, his partner, his lover, whatever whatever you want to call. For, that was his wife. His wife. Okay, his wife immediately turns on him. Yeah, no, she, she, she did not. Damn. Like, <laughs> yes, She's the loser. one who starts the rumor about him being uh, possessed by the devil. She's like, oh, she's got the devil in him. He has Lucifer by his side. I was like, damn. <laughs> Just like, and then she goes hard. Like, not only should, does she is she the first one who turns on him, but as the mob progressively gets more violent, she gets more, like more and more pissed that it's not being like more violent. Rip his face off! It's like, whoa, what happened? Like I mean, we get this 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 cut this cut right where like the the older dude who's known Connor for a while is just kind of like you know you gotta you gotta go away, and then all of a sudden his at he's in a stock, being beaten up, right? They're throwing fucking fruit at him. They're all kicking, punching, doing all this shit. Yeah, and she's screaming like rip his face off, and they're like burn him, burn him, <laughs> and like. No one is even takes like five seconds to be like, maybe he just got better. They're just like, he's in league with the devil. Burn him alive! 
I mean, I don't know, dude looked pretty dead to me, but, I, you know, at least, you know, I don't know if the guy's name is Angus. You I would spend a day just being like, I'm so glad you're alive. And then the next day you'd be like, how is he alive, though? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, though. Are we, are we talking with, like, uh, our spatial awareness of the fact that we know what an immortal is in this case? Here, just for example. Okay. I'm attacked by the Kurgan. You're there. I'm attacked by the Kurgan. I'm stabbed. Ha <laughs> You know, fucking Mr. Krabs kills me. I'm on the ground. Oh, SpongeBob. Right? And then you're all like... He's an islander, by God. The last Sunday here shall not be that of a wailing woman. Right? As you're crying over the fact that I just got stabbed by the Kurgan. Sure. And then all of a sudden I wake up and I'm like, How you doing? What's the next thing do you do? Well, I mean, if you're a respected and loved member of the community, I think the first thing you use is like, it's a saint. Like, he's a saint. He's been touched by God. God has come down. Because yeah, like uh, this is the 1500s. This is like Christianity exists and the religion, organized religion exists. So you say, well, God came down and he, and he miraculously healed the hero of the McClouds. <laughs> Instead, they're just like, it's the devil! <laughs> I think here's here's my here's my argument. Here's my counter argument. I say people I say people start by being relieved. They say, "Wow, you miraculously got better. I'm so happy you're alive." Then over the course of time, people start to question, "But how? But how really? Is he touched by God is but it, or is it the devil?" And then they slowly turn on him. I I don't think immediately, <laughs> especially well, maybe his 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 wife was uh I don't know, had some demons of her own. I don't know, man. I just think about the fact that there was that whole Salem witch trial thing. Sure. And, um, but I, I mean and... you're talking about Puritans very I don't know, I think I don't know, I I it, sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I don't know. You see a dude who looks dead and then he comes back and looks right as rain. I don't know if the first thing I'm doing is like, hey, dude, looking good? How you feeling? Well, you know, know, the Salem Witch Trials, there were very few men that were were persecuted during that time, if any. I don't know of any, to be actually. To be fair, I'm not... I'm giving... (laughs) I'm giving them a lot of credit by saying it was primarily women, but it was, I think, 100% women. Yeah, um, no, no, I'm not saying, I'm just saying as far as a superstitious lot that is fueled by uh, religious belief usually will just jump to, um, usually well, it seems anyway. Will yeah, jump sure. To you're right. I mean, I'm not saying you're not right, because you're, you're right, but what I am saying is that they even had that priest dude, and he was, like, friends with everybody and blessing them. Wouldn't he just be like, I have talked to God, and God's like, save this guy. And he did, and I'm amazing. All I'm saying is they jumped to they jumped to being in league with the devil pretty quick. I mean, you're not wrong, but look, as a lord of Glencoe and Lockbear. I mean, you do have that on me. Yeah, it's just there are, you know, there are some people who are cowardly and superstitious lot. 
and they don't understand the miracles of being an immortal. And uh, in this case, Connor had I mean, Lucifer on his side. Yeah. I guess the answer is that they needed him to have that scene uh, for his his future uh, his future mentor to reference. Yeah, and also you know showing that I it's it's weird because to your point, like when you have that whole intro at the beginning, and then we're jumping around a lot. Um, there's this weird type of uh connection they're just trying to make from like trying to show what the hardships of being an immortal would be like or like his origin story how he was shunned by his own people and having to make it out on his own and him not realizing exactly what he was at that time it's just kind of weird to see that well we know he knows who he is at this point so why not almost do this in a chronological sense than this weird flashback i guess the flashbacks work but um i mean it seems a little weird but you know every scene with this movie seems to need to drive it more than um to the next scene more than other movies that we watch because i mean sure movies obviously do that but it feels a lot more forced in highlander than it would in like a traditional movie I think that's a good way of putting it. Uh, it does sort of seem like they are sort of shoving these things through. Um, <clears throat> but let's talk a little bit about that crossfade. <laughs> where it crossfades from Connor's face to the Mona Lisa. <laughs> like a, a big poster on the side of the building of a Mona Lisa. There's a lot of really creative scene transit transitions in this movie. As much as there is like distracting sort of music video type camera work, there's also like some really creative transitions. Some that are shitty. <laughs> some that work pretty well. A lot of people who watch it who don't appreciate it for what it is. Um, go that it's really a disjointed mess that doesn't know what type of movie it's trying to be, right? It's like, we don't know if it's going to sure. be a comedy, a thriller, science fiction, you know, like, whatever. It, it is a disjointed mess, but there are some fun things in it, I think. Yeah, but I think the disjointedness comes from the fact that the guy who's directing it directed, you know, a fair amount of music videos or short music films and things like that where you're trying to be a little bit more artistic with it. Like, you I think know, you this... see this a lot, right? You see this with, like, Mick G has, like, a very frenetic sort of, like... Yeah, um, his, his stuff is all style. over the place. Or, like, even, even House of a Thousand Corpses, when you watch Rob Zombie's first film, is very yeah. much like a, like a music video. I don't want to be... I'm sort of, I feel like I want to be known for someone who's sort of famous for not yucking somebody else's yums, but uh, I'm a big fan of Rob Zombie's uh, music when he was part of White Zombie, and to a lesser degree, Rob Zombie. Uh, But his directing efforts, not a fan. (laughs) 
Well, did you ever watch um, The Devil's Rejects? Um, you know what? That's the one I, well, I haven't watched. Let me guess. That's the one that's good. <laughs> I'm. That's what I was getting to. You watch the first House of a Thousand Corpses, and it's like a music video. Like, you know, I mean, even like the quality of the film that's being used almost has that like TV show type of quality to it. Like that, that look, um, there are parts in it that I don't know. I mean, they're funny. Like I think, you know, the, the captain Spaulding cracked me up. Anyone who tells a person to shut the fuck up and eat some fried chicken is always good on my book. Um, <laughs> but like you see I'm that not you're saying like, they're not good parts in Rob zombie movies. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just like on the whole, I'm not, well, I'm just going, you, you see that. And how he was directing, it was directing kind of like these short, taking a scene and almost kind of making it like how you would treat a, you know, you only have four minutes and some change to tell a story. But it it, it was multiplied by, you know, like 90 minutes. Then you watch Devil's Rejects and you, I swear, it's a completely different person directing it. I was like, I don't know what happened between that one and the other one, but. He learned a lot. You know, you take his Halloweens and stuff like that are a little artsy-fartsy too, but I don't think you could do much with that because he's trying to honor the original while also make it his own. That's a whole different story, but Devil's Reject is a growth in that. So when I'm looking at Highlander, which is a disjointed mess, and they're looking for these interesting transitions that you're seeing, you know, like again, shooting from his eye to the weird head exploding in one of them to like all this stuff. It's just because that is how he's trying to tell like this far out, you know, far out premise. Then by interjecting it with like different movie types, you know, like there's that whole part where, you know, there's literally, there's a whole scene in here that's completely, well, there's a few that are completely unnecessary. And one of them's, you know, him in the past when they're just talking about this duel. And it was just to have a bit of comedy in it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there was no point for it whatsoever. We didn't even see the other character he was talking to. Wasn't even at that, <laughs> you know, like, remember that nope. time? No, it was just, oh, okay. Oh, my God. I know exactly what you're talking about. That scene is insane, especially since that character spoiler alert is killed uh not but uh five minutes later <laughs> yeah it's just like not needed but it's there because i think it was just like well this scene was written i think i want to add a little bit more levity to the movie so this is going to be the part that i do it so right. I, I i just feel like the it movie was just... is rudderless i guess you could say yeah a little bit i think it just kind of um just typically just jumps back and forth and you could think of that as a really cool exploration of the fact that they're trying to tell a a story in the present by also giving us the background in the past and you can look at it that way or you can look at it as it's just kind of like well each scene was shot with something specifically focused in mind like oh i feel like this scene should be a little bit more tense so let's shoot it like an alfred hitchcock film so we're going to, you know, do a lot of close-ups and, you know, uh, uh, deep angles and, like, rest on people's eyes for a little too long, right? And then that's just that one scene, and that's how I decided to shoot it. Then the next one's going to be, like, fucking, you know, it's like the first 
you know, a Star Trek movie where we just do long zooming shots for no reason. You know what I mean? Like just that's how it almost feels like it was constructed. Uh, but I digress. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, but let's not let us not tarry any further because yeah, is tarry a word anyway? Sure. Let's yeah. let's, let's continue. Tarry um, because uh, next we get to meet uh, Sir Sean Connery himself. I am Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, Chief Metallurgist to King Charles V of Spain, and I'm at your service. So, <laughs> he just kind of appears out of nowhere while, like, after, like, right after Connor finishes having sex with his wife. <laughs> yeah, well, remember, uh, we we learn through this process of the, you know, the montage that's going to start going on from this point that immortals can do a lot of different things, not just live forever. They can also sense other living beings, and then they can sense when other immortals are around them. So we he also obviously... hide in the bushes and watch people make love until it's time to pop out, pop out, and jump our horse over their supine forms. Yeah, I mean shit. That said it in one. Of course, that's what you do. <laughs> right? what you like, do. You're like, hmm, I can't wait to tell him about his immortalness and how he's going to live forever. The gathering, the quickening, how he can see every living being if he just listens to the stag. But I'm going to do it right after he has a shag. But I'm going to wait over here and wait for the right moment. I hear oh. one, oh one thrust. Two thrush. Three thrush. Four thrush. I could sense it. I'm a highly yeah. connected. <laughs> but or as he says it, we are brothers. We're brothers. It's funny I don't have that one. I thought I did. <laughs> Boo! That's my favorite one. You cannot die, McLeod. Yeah, no, no brothers in that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, tell me that this is not one of the most pimpous outfits of all moviedom. Okay, listen, his outfits only get worse from here on out. It's like they started him out with the most lavish and incredible outfit you've ever seen, and then they just took stuff away as he went through the movie. I but probably uh, lost things. Yeah, I totally <laughs> agree. Like, His humongous peacock feather oh, cape fuck. is incredible. The most ballerous thing in the planet. Sorry, yeah. but like, I mean, I don't know how many peacocks had to die to make that thing. God, I hope. <laughs> I hope not one. Oh no, but those weren't man. fake peacock feathers. You know the, you know, Sean Connery was like, I need at least two hundred dead peacocks for this. Cloak. Well, listen, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like a hoity-toity Mister Fancy Pantsy over here, but um, where I grew up, there used to be wild peacocks running around over next door. And uh, they drop feathers more frequently than you think. 
and you pick those shit up and they look incredible. I'm just hoping he followed a peacock around for <laughs> 10 years and collected those. Right, finally, I have enough to make this ball of ash cape. Well, I'm, uh, I guess I'm immortal, so I guess I'll go follow a peacock around until I can make a sweet cape. My life is garbage. <laughs> this is what I've amounted to. <laughs> Following a bird, waiting for it to go bald. This is the worst. <laughs> but I will look great when it's done. 200 <laughs> years later, and finally, my cape. Your your Connery is spot on. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I used to do it um, when I worked uh, as QA. Um, when, you know, sometimes you'd be waiting for builds um, right. to be able to test and shit like that. So you'd just be waiting. So I and would do shut one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Or, you know, it'd be like, okay, two hours for the new build. So there's nothing to test. So just sit here. And you feel like, okay. And so I would do Sean Connery, but in movies that he was never in. So, <laughs> like, you know, I'd be like, yeah, so when I was Chewbacca in Star Wars A New Hope, the weird thing is I needed to shave just a little bit, but that was all me. One hundred percent pure Connery. Pure Connery. Or the other one was like, when I was in Dragonheart, I did my own stunts. As you know, I am part dragon. So I flew over and did what I needed to do. Leather wings, loop-de-loops, whatever anyone needed. And <laughs> that's how I went. And I just do <laughs> stupid shit like that. So That's brilliant. Thank you, Daryl Hammond. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. No. No, not R.I.P. But, You're I mean, fine. I think. Or we think, but like... Oh my god, don't let him die right after this podcast comes please. But I am the Grim Reaper. Oh no. But I, I mean, I, I, you know, we we know, like I said, Connery filmed this for like a week, week and a half or something like that. He recorded the voiceover on the shitter um, for the intro. But this this is one of my favorite parts of the whole damn movie. Is just the interaction between Connery and um, Lambert. Because I think Ramirez is an awesome, like, character. And it's interesting to see Connery in, a, in this very, almost like, flamboyant persona. Yeah, he does have fun with it. You gotta give him that. And, um... I mean, I think you need to acknowledge that were this movie made today, his casting would have been oh, super problematic, incredibly controversial because yeah. not only is it not only does he have I alluded to it a little bit earlier, but they have they put a lot of like t like uh tinted moisturizer or tinted foundation on his face um to give him a little bit more of a uh, darker skin. And the fact that he is playing an Egyptian is ridiculous. <laughs> it's the, the faster you think can forget about that, the, the more enjoyment you can derive from this movie. 
I mean, I think it goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier. This is just Connery being Connery. And, right, like, anything that he's saying is just words. Sure. And in but this none instance, of this ha- is germane to his character. He does not... All that matters is that he is old. Yeah, and I mean, they get to that point. In, it's it's weird, because, again, I think it's one of these things where they're trying to build up, like... So this is how Connor learned how to be an immortal, right? Someone needed to teach him the rules, because if not, he would have never known, and he would have, you know, presumably died by the first immortal that he ever met. It's uh, a weird amount of exposition in a movie that refuses to give you, like, ex- explanations for other stuff. Like, when they are when they when you when the audience is given the moment that they give ex, explanation of what like why these immortals exist the answer is literally like because why does the sun rise it's just a thing that happens wait 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 are you are you asking for highlander to have their equivalent of the metachlorians because if not <laughs> then just watch highlander too because that's what that is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get. I mean, I get what you're saying, but it's just funny that like in some areas they they insist on having so much exposition. Like, how did Connor learn he was an immortal? Like, who cares? Like, you don't you don't need to know how he learned. Like, how other people are experiencing this information is how we could learn. Like, we we could learn all of this information through Brenda's eyes as she gets to know Connor. But instead, instead, we're learning it from, through flashbacks about how he learned it. So it's just funny how, in some ways, they feel like you need almost a a movie and a prequel sort of mashed into one. But in other ways, they're like, uh, it's uh, like the sun rising. Who cares? Don't question it. It's fine. I mean, I guess. I mean, I, I mean, I see what you're saying about it. I just find it this is the only explanation period that you're going to get um, to at least the basic rules, right? Like, you know, like... Never lose your temper. If your head comes away from your neck, it's over. Right? So he's told that he was immortal, he's doing all this shit, but then all he's like, but you can still die. (laughs) This is how you do it, right? It's it's the, just, you know, explaining why he chopped the dude's head off and all the explosions happened in the beginning. Yeah, I, I completely see what you're saying. I guess what I'm saying is that this is stuff... I think if they had made an entire movie that was just the present day stuff, we would have figured it out. Because all you have to do is show Connor get stabbed anywhere else beside the head and heal, and then we know, oh... He's immortal and can't, like, you know, he or at least has, can heal from any wound and then show him finding someone like him and he cuts their head off. And then you're like, oh, that guy didn't survive that. So that must be the one thing, you know, we can, we can show, not tell these things. That that is very fair. But then we wouldn't get lines like this. You look like a woman, you stupid haggis. Haggis? What is haggis? Sheep stomach stuffed with meat and barley. And what do you do with it? You eat it. How revolting. 
<laughs> it's like I realized this that entire joke is set up around the fact that Connery is Scottish, right? The fact that there's escalation, how like when Connor's raising his voice, then Ramirez raises his voice, and then at the end they're almost at the same tone. Yeah. It's like, how revolting. Like you normally I don't know if you would go up on that. You'd be like, how revolting. Like, I don't know, but <laughs> his facing is the same thing. Uh it's just weird. But we wouldn't have that if we just stayed in the present. Yeah. We I think had more your, bad your point is well taken. Bar. We would right. <laughs> we wouldn't get the Connery scenes, right? Because they probably shot, like you said, in Scotland, and Connery just had to like drive, like ten minutes from his house. They had him for a week. That was it. Like I mean, yep. look, like when you hear they're like, oh yeah, they were working on his accent. It's like why? Like at this point, you know, no, like no, there, there's no amount of work. He's not working on his accent. Like I said, he's working on his tan. For this, um, but yeah, so we're just gonna get Connery for it. But I, I like, it's, I really dig this parts. So honestly, I like the the hints at Ramirez backstory more than the Connor backstory. Oh yeah, every one of the other Highlanders that Connor meets is more interesting than Connor. Yeah, because like, I mean, when he goes into this, McLeod, I was born two thousand four hundred and thirty-seven years ago. In that time, I've had three wives. The last was Shikiko, a Japanese princess. Her father, Masamuni, a genius, made this for me. In 593 BC. It is the only one of its kind. Like his daughter. When Shikiko died, I was shattered. I would save you that pain. Please. Let Heather go. That's way more interesting than all the shit that we saw at the top. I'm like, fuck, Japanese princess, father made a sword, fucking over 2,000, almost 2,500 years old. Let me see that origin story. Let me see that. Yeah, I agree. I I think it's a good point. Um, But... uh, I mean this this whole sequence. I, I love the sequence to to just like jog back a little bit where, um, Connor is is like thrown overboard, and he <laughs> he realizes he can breathe underwater. Help me! I'm drowning. You can't drown, you fool. You're immortal. <laughs> the, the whole underwater. Oh, it's like, great. I. I don't know. No. Like, <laughs> starts like slashing some seaweed. Like it is so corny and goofy. And then dude comes out of the lake like seaweed Jason. And he says he hates him. I fucking loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it cuz it was just like holy shit, I am just breathing underwater. I can't swim at all. I can't do any of this, you know, like but yeah, like I think I'd do the same thing too if I was underwater and I had a sword. Be like, wow, let's cut this kelp real quick. I can't die. Why not? <laughs> be pretty corny, but I think a good illustration of how he, like, yeah, he's immortal. 
there's a lot of comedy in this training sequence. Do you remember the part where uh, Connor, like, accidentally cuts a tree down and it falls, like, right on his nuts? Yeah. (laughs) He just takes it right between the legs. It's the fakest fucking tree I've ever seen. Yeah, it's a fucking foam tree. (laughs) You know, but, I mean, I love it. There are parts of this movie that are so cartoonish. Well, it's um, kind of a cartoony s, you know, like power at this point, right? Like, it's almost trying. Like, I feel like this is all trying to show you the upsides of being immortal, and then we learn what the downside is, and um, you know, it kind of brings it to a little more somber tone. You know, like watching fucking Connery beat up on him. You know, like all <laughs> crude and slow, clansmen. Your attack was no better than that of a clumsy child. I fucking love that. <laughs> you know, and yeah. then like when they're I mean, their interaction, the beach, it's great. Yeah, that that seems. What's weird is that one moment that you just mentioned, where they are taking off down that really beautiful beach. Is that in Scotland? Because hot damn. Way to go, Scotland. That is gorgeous. Of course. It's um, uh, right over by my two square yards of land of in Glencoe. I should have known. Beachfront property. They genuinely look like they're friends having fun. Yeah, I mean that that is what by all accounts when they you know, when they were talking about the movie years later, that they both really enjoyed hanging out with each other. And that you shows. You can tell. Yeah, like they have it's an infectious. incredible chemistry together. One hundred percent. I think that's why, like, I enjoy the Ramirez parts of this movie a lot because, like, you can see the general growth. There's the disdain from Connor initially, but as they start to get with each other, they look like they're having a good time. Yeah, absolutely. There is like a weird, not it's not weird at all. There's like a genuine affection between both of them in the way that you get why Highlander 2 is what it is. Unnecessary? (laughs) Okay, yes. Okay. In addition to being unnecessary, you can imagine being somebody who sees this film and sees the chemistry and electricity between Christopher Lambert and Sean Connery and you have to imagine they're like, we have to get them together. We have to come up with a bullshit story that unites these these two because they are the secret sauce of this movie, and I think that's true. Yeah, I think it was so much so that um, when they were doing this sequel, or they're talking about Christopher Lambert was like, you need to get Connery. So you got to figure out a way to write him into this. Yeah, because he, I mean, he doesn't have this kind of chemistry with his love interest in this movie. Yeah, the it's not there. Right. But... <laughs> Sorry. If no one has seen this film, spoiler alert, uh, Nash slash Connor gets together with Brenda. Hate to break it to you. That's what happens. If you're hoping for a candy Connor hookup that 
does not come to fruition. <laughs> yeah, Candy is out of the picture. But I, I, should should we just get there real quick? Or do you want where do you want to go? Because I was because I was gonna jump about jump to the part because that part actually always gets me all the time when uh like he's growing uh, she's growing old but he's staying the same age Oof. and they're yeah that fucking yeah. part gets me every fucking time <laughs> that part is I mean the scene where um uh Connor's new wife who he ends up growing well she grows old <laughs> he does not um he that acting in that final scene is oscar cal- caliber i was i was no joke and with complete honesty and and being completely forthright i was thinking while i was watching that scene what this guy deserves better roles i don't know i maybe i haven't seen like the the peak christopher lambert because i'm like coming from like highlander and mortal Kombat. <laughs> so <I'm>, like, <laughs> i probably have seen it in the worst movies he's ever done but i'm like this guy fucking rules at acting i every fucking time oh jesus it 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 it's so good, and then being accompanied with you know. There's no time for us. See, I found somebody else to do that one, so that way we wouldn't get in <laughs> as much trouble. <laughs> we got you, lawyers. <laughs> trouble for that. You can't. You can't come out. That's just a half a second of a Queen song. Yeah, maybe. We can play up to like 15 seconds, I think, but half a second. You can't get us. So, <laughs> come and try. Come and, come and try it. Come and get us. Come take my nickels. Um, accompanied by Who Wants to Live Forever. Like, I was watching that down. Um, I was I, normally when I'm like, we're doing this or I'm prepping for the saga. I'm in my office, I have my notes, I'm typing, and I'm watching, and I'm typing, and I'm not uh, watching. I was watching that on my couch, because my dog hates when I'm in my office when I'm the only one at the house. So I'm downstairs typing on my phone, and I'm watching this, and I just, I'm going to admit it right here now, I just started crying. I was like, this is the saddest goddamn thing. Jesus is so really sad. sad. Like, like he's, he's, he's showing you... Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're getting all this funny banter. You know, we're getting all this. I don't like boats. I don't like water. I'm a man, not a fish. Right. We're getting <laughs> these great lines. And then all of a sudden we get like this devastating realization. Like, yeah, Ramirez tried to tell you, don't get attached because you'll live and you're going to see people die. And you, you hear about it. Like, Ramirez was like, I had three wives. Dude's almost 2,500 years old. So he only dipped his toe in the marriage water three lifetimes. Yeah. Yeah, he he swore it off. It was just too painful. Uh, but like you said, Connor does not take that advice. He 
chooses to feel the full power of this armed and operational uh, sad star. Freddie Mercury just, I mean, he kills it with that Who Wants to Live Forever. Like, oh, oh yeah. Jesus. Like, it's, that's, a, it's a beautiful scene in an otherwise really goofy movie. Um, it, it took me out of it in, in that it was so touching. Surprisingly so. Yeah. Surprisingly so. Even like you said, like the chemistry between the, you know, uh, Heather and Connor was, you know, like it, it felt like boyish love type thing. Well, let's see, but uh, like, sorry, I was, I was just talking about Brenda and Connor. I oh, think that Heather one makes no fucking sense. That makes yeah. no sense whatsoever. Brenda Throw and that Connor out there. have a great chemistry. Or, sorry, no, no. Heather, Heather and Connor, and Connor have, a, have a great chemistry. That one uh, feels chemistry. way more real. There are parts where I'm like, eh. Yeah. But real. Brenda and Connor the, make The Brenda and Connor sense. make no goddamn sense. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, as you said, uh, <laughs> Connery's two weeks has come to an end. So, uh, he gets beheaded by, uh, Kurgan in a fight that takes down the entire tower that Connor and Heather were living in. It is a pretty intense foam rock fight. I mean, these must have been the two most powerful swords ever crafted because they're blowing chunks of, like, you would hope giant rocks right out of the wall like it was nothing (laughs) there's a part where a huge hole is blown in the wall next to heather Mm -hmm. but she does not leave (laughs) like she looks at it and she's like oh boy anyway what's going on in this crumbling tower yeah no there's nothing if i was heather and i was watching uh, these two dudes have a giant sword fight in my tower home. I would just run out the fucking door and not look back. But instead, she stuck around as literally the only thing that's left is just the staircase. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the staircase ends up being uh, Kurgan's undoing. Because <laughs> after <lying>. lightning <laughs> strikes the the staircase and he falls down he does not come back to this location even though he does not get his prize which is the Highlander yep no he fucking (laughs) he fucking Looney Tunes off a staircase (laughs) he's like "Ah, I killed Ramirez and then like lightning strikes the staircase and he's like "Ah!" That's why he looked so moody when we saw him later on, because he's like, I got look tough. <laughs> I literally <laughs> fell off the staircase. I fucking fell Don't off the staircase. Like, I, 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 uh, I fell off a, like, a cliff because I, the lightning strike a staircase. Don't tell anyone that. Yeah, no. Or, you know, it's a dread. Yes. <laughs> and he runs away. It's <laughs> sad, but yeah, fucking Ramirez is dead yeah um, but can we talk instead about the the transition they do where uh connor and um 
Ah, uh, gosh, I forget what uh, his his uh, the woman who works at the front desk, Rachel. Um, Rachel, yeah. yeah, Connor and Rachel they they hug and then there's a screen glass break transition to World War Two flashback. Yeah, that's the only way you can get into World War Two. <laughs> it's it's so bonkers. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, like. It's because they're like, okay, we need to introduce you to this character real quick. So, uh, it, it, it's really a big jump. It's a weird jump. It's uh, Rachel is a. It's funny. Rachel it strikes me as a cool character. I wish she would have been introduced. I don't know closer in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> then, because so we kind of laid into it. Right. Because after we meet her. We find out that Connor can't have children, or maybe before. You know, I think, yeah, that's one of the things that um, Ramirez imparts to him, is that he can't have a child. So when he encounters this, like, orphan of World War II, which there's no better way to, like, tug at our heartstrings than having uh, Connor rescue an orphan from a Nazi. Like, it's the most... like emotionally manipulative scene you've ever seen (laughs) yeah i think it's the um the first time we get a a lambert laugh though (laughs) yeah because it's like he finds this little girl which is you know rachel from the past he then gets shot in the back by nancy and and nancy i like i said it um (laughs) Come on, we're like 40 now. We could say Nancy. I can, all right? Well, it's cool because I started wearing an onion on my belt. Style at the time. <laughs> it was the style of the time. And, uh, fucking, uh, he's like dead. And then he looks at, you know, the little girl. And he's like, How do you, how are you, how are you still alive? And that's, that's my. <laughs> right? And then he's all like, It's a kind of magic. And I was like, oh, Okay, well. I guess that's where they got the the fucking song title for it. But then when he, he gives disar- a little wink, he gives a little wink like you do, and then he disarms the Nazi real quick. Nazi says some shit in German, and then he was just like, "Whatever you say, Jack, you're the master race." It's like it's a real. At that moment, I was like, what the fuck is this movie? Because it just is like, suddenly it's like a, like a quippy sort of Rambo-esque, not, not the original Rambo, which is a really meditative, like, sad, depressing movie. I'm I'm talking about the subsequent, like, balls to the wall uh, of Rambo, Rambo movie. Yeah, when he's shooting helicopters down with, like, bows and arrows. You, know, you got like, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, not the one where he's just having a mental breakdown, like you know, to Brian. To Brian <laughs> not Denny. the one where, not the one where he's a uh, a homeless vet living in the woods who has a mental breakdown. Well, he <laughs> only has one. yeah, he only has a mental breakdown because the sheriff was hassling him. He he's just looking for. I mean, that movie. I mean, fuck, I just watched that fairly recently. That movie holds up for like nine tenths of it well uh, i guess we'll have to we'll have to watch and review 
uh rambo on this podcast and then and then uh do a twitch twitch stream of mortal Kombat x uh x 11 man 11 11 there you go yeah well it's cool because you know i haven't played a lot of x or 11 sorry oh we should do that you and i you see who fights a good fight (laughs) you know what i mean because you know like i said i'll be robocop and you will be i'll be rambo rambo yeah that's a fair fight fair fight yeah (laughs) your move creep it's like twip (laughs) i've got ptsd Hey, you know what I mean? You know, being man, I'm just gonna shoot you in the face. <laughs> the Vietnam War was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to bring light to it, but then the next one, he's going to fight with the Taliban. <laughs> Don't worry about that part. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Don't worry about it. They were the good guys back then. Which was the style at the time. Just like the, the onion on my Just like the onion on the belt. Um... Yeah, but the bomb transition is just fucking bonkers. Let me just say that um, uh, right off the bat. But uh, well, it blew us right back to the present. Yeah, it it blew us right back to uh, Brenda getting ready for uh, a date between her and Connor, and uh, doing all that stuff you do when you get ready for a date. You know, hide a forty-five and uh, a tape recorder. You don't? Well, you know, um, you know, I'm married now, but before I was married, uh, you know, I don't think it'll surprise anyone to say that I didn't go on a ton of dates. <laughs> nah. No surprises here. Maybe everyone else does that. Maybe everyone else, like, maybe, uh, you know, when when your parents sit you down and have that talk, they say, well, well... <laughs> Your parent is Ronald Reagan, apparently. Well, hide a hide a forty five under your in in one hope chest, and then a a a tape deck in the in the other one. You never know when you'll need either. Yeah, just I mean that's that was, you know, when before I got married, that was the dating uh, ritual. Except mine was a mini disc player and a Tech Nine. Those are two uh, very good polls. I'm going to give that the Pop Saga joke of the episode. (laughs) 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 Okay. Um, Oh, boy. (laughs) But... But see, this so when I was rambling earlier, like I do all episodes, when I was saying like each scene is kind of shot like a different movie, this one feels like this was shot like a suspense thriller with the way the angles were and, you know, like Connor, Connor was moving around here, not only like he knew, obviously he was looking for this stuff, but like he said, he was used to this dating ritual from the past. Yeah, he is. He finds the gun and tape recorder immediately. And he's also snooping around immediately. He finds the gun, the tape recorder, the police people watching him outside or watching her outside. Everything. 
there is nothing that is hidden from uh, Connor at the, in this moment. But the other thing is, though, in in most cases, we would imagine that he would have turned off the tape recorder or pulled the bullets out of the gun or whatever. He doesn't do any of that. He's just like, whatever. It's like he's almost getting to the point where he's done with this immortal shit. So he's just like, okay, let her have her fun with that so I can call her on this shit in a minute. And uh, I, 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 I don't know. I kind of like this back and forth, especially when she lies to him because he has a copy of her book. That she wrote on swords and metallurgy, and she's like, oh, right. And he gives it to her later as a yeah. as a, the ultimate sort of baller. I knew you were lying the whole time, sort of move. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say that right now is the start of the fridging of of uh, Brenda because I think uh, like around right this. Uh, right around this point, she loses all agency yeah. and becomes just like a uh, damsel in distress for the rest of the film. Yeah, she does. Like literally, Which when she asks is... that she wants to see his sword. <laughs> yep, I just want to see the sword, man. Just some of this. Sh- I don't care if you killed anyone. I want. I just want to see the sword, man. Yeah, and then that was it. She, she was going to go down downhill from here and it does you're right yeah i think uh next is the uh the montage you uh the you uh talked about earlier so we won't revisit that but just 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 the the fucking thing i think that that killed me was when she dies in his arms before she dies she makes him make a promise to light a candle and remember her on her birthday right because she's in on the joke, right? She's seen, she's old. Not really. She just, she still looks it's like not a great 20 makeup. year old woman. It's, you know, they the just makeup put, put is great. completely like, unconvincing. She just looks like Khaleesi in this moment, not an old woman. Yeah, she's got gray in her hair and like some, some makeup around her eyes, but nothing like that. Like, no. And you know what? Honestly, I think that's probably a better way to go about it than trying to do like real whole old old person makeup at this point. Yeah. But they tried nothing and they're all out of ideas. Yeah. And then this is where, you know, Connor hits the road. He puts the McLeod sword in the ground, the one we were talking about with the ice cream cone. And you, <laughs> you kind of see him carrying Ramirez's sword. So that's how he got the katana blade. And, you know, he's just carrying stuff and walking away while he's burning down his uh, house. But, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, boo-hoo. Shed your tears. But it's time to move on. Back to NYC and Central Park. And let's meet Castigear. The guy that we're just going to meet. And him and, and Connor have such a rapport. You know they're gonna have a lot of fun adventures together. What? Huh? What's that? He's dead. Okay. <laughs> well, it's the fucking. You know, like the last time they've seen each other was like a hundred years. Um, yeah. Fucking Cassier brings out the boom boom. Sure, he has a flask that is a foot long. I've never seen a foot long flask. Must have been made by Subway. Five dollar foot long flask. Drink fresh. 
but um he makes this huge deal like they're both in central park and this is the real actual central park this is one of the one like, of the few times two hours in new york yeah, <laughs> yeah they did it in new york um but they make such a big deal about the gathering being here right in central park spoiler alert the final battle does not take place in Central Park. No, no. I, I think you're 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 it, it's it's not Central Park, I think New York. That's what? The, the gathering is happening in New York. The entirety of New York? Well, the gathering is just the immortals being drawn. How is that a gathering? Well, that means because... everyone in New York is in the gathering. No, no, no. Only only immortals are invited to the gathering. No, I get it. Right? I'm so just like, saying, how can you designate the entirety of, I guess they're referring to the Manhattan Island, but how can you refer to the entirety of the Manhattan Island as uh, as as the gathering spot? I thought he was just talking about Central Park. No, he's just talking about New York. Because, like, when you see Kurgan drive across the bridge, and then when he's in his hotel doing the katas and shit, you know, he's like, find me. The gathering is here, you know, doing his thing. <laughs> Classic Clancy Brown. Right. It sounds just like him. Fucking implacable. Um, it was just because, you know, Connor was in New York. He was in, you know... He fought Facile in Madison Square Garden, so it, New York was pulling it, or either Connor being there, or New York was what was pulling all those immortals, the remaining immortals there, because it was so close to the gathering. Okay. I do like this sort of, I mean, here's what I'll say about this movie. One thing is that the world building they do is very good. Like, they hint at a lot of other relationships and sort of history between these characters that is, like, begging to be explored. I'm see- I-, I can totally see why you, could- you would watch this movie and be like, let's make a TV show based on this mythology. Because the mythology is, honestly, I don't want to say more interesting than what we get, but certainly the larger mythology that they hint at is is maybe more intriguing than the movie we see well i mean it would be so interesting because it's not like it's different than well connor's the immortal and then that's it right it's like there's a you know there's enough of them that are around the planet and they all you know at some point or the other maybe have met before and have decided not to kill the other person right there and then um so you get a lot of interesting uh, stories um potential stories from that i mean the other thing you know that is brought up in the rules is that you know uh, immortals won't kill each other on holy ground so right it is a rule but it is also a tradition <laughs> it's one of it's both it's one or both i mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I mean, like, I don't know what constitutes holy ground, right? Like, are you are you right? In all According to whole... whose religion? 
like us like presu- they have hinted to us that the whole like immortal you can't call it Highlander phenomenon because it's just one of the immortals, but the whole immortal thing is just a force of nature. It's just something that happens to very select people around the globe. I I don't know the way they, they do the, the world building on this sort of like, it makes sense in one sense, but in another way you're like, wow, this is just incredibly convenient sort of happenstances that line up to uh to make this movie yeah i'd almost want to see what would happen if because i don't know in the tv show if they address this i know there was an immortal that lived on uh uh holy ground um for like hundreds of years i know i know there was one that did that because he didn't want to fight anybody but uh, it'd be interesting to see, like, that would have been interesting to see that case. Like, say, uh, for whatever reason, Cassegear tried to, like, jump Kurgan. And then it was, like, on a church ground, and then he just exploded. Then you'd be like, oh, okay, for whatever <laughs> Jeez, reason. they shouldn't do that. Yeah, don't do that shit. But speaking of Castigear, he we meet him in one scene, and then literally in the next scene, he is killed. <laughs> Well, I mean, we get that stupid uh, comedy bit where Connor is stabbed like ten times during that duel. Yes, yeah, there is a flashback. The beating of Castigier, like, sort of uh, triggers a flashback where Connor is in a duel with a nobleman where he is, Connor is drunk, and he gets stabbed several times, or like, all the times during the duel and of course he's immortal so he doesn't die and then in a very funny scene the uh the nobleman who he is dueling uh ends up shooting his assistant with a pistol instead of connor because none of the swords his assistant gave him killed his opponent i apologize for calling your wife loaded warthog <laughs> I apologize for calling your wife a bloated warthog. Worst part is I don't think he adds the A in there. I think he literally, I apologize calling your wife bloated warthog. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right about that. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Um... Yeah, but here's there's there's so much confusing like confusing visual imagery in this next scene because we like open on a guy driving a Trans Am and we spend a lot of time a establishing that a Pontiac Trans Am is in the movie and this is one of like the classic ones with the big like stylized bird on the hood and we are we spend like an inordinate amount of time with this like weird sort of gun obsessed i i mean he says okay marine let's uh, this is for real but i get the sense that maybe he isn't a marine maybe he is just someone who loves guns i well yeah the, i mean the 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 part in the 
hospital, he just starts listing off a bunch of things. So, like, a bunch of other places and shit. So, he might have been a, you know, a military guy. Because, I mean, he had a, I mean, fucking, like, who just, who owns a fucking Uzi? This guy. Like, I mean... You just seem like a gun nut in a Pontiac Trans Am. You know, in a weird way, I almost wish this was Garfield instead. Oh man, that would have been hilarious if, like, this is Garfield on his day off, and he, his, and, like, his civilian car is a Pontiac Trans Am. Yeah, because, like... Oh man, that would have been great. Yeah, because this part, again, isn't, like, needed. You know what I mean? Like... The we get it like uh, Castigar and Kurgan are fighting. Fucking you know, vigilante pulls up on them, and then you know, fucking Kurgan beats Castigar pretty easily. Um, and then you know, vigilante's like fuck that, shoots Kurgan up. That didn't do anything, of course. Kurgan stabs him in the fucking air, which would have killed anybody, especially. You know, getting stabbed and thrown into the wall. But again, yeah. we we didn't need any. We didn't need this vigilante because there were plenty of people in the alleyway that could have just given this description or whatever. What happened next? Absolutely. Also, they spent so much time with the Trans Am. I thought for sure that Kurgan was going to take the Trans Am, but he doesn't. <laughs> Like, they have an ancillary old couple pull up in an old convertible, and he steals that. Oh, that's not a convertible, dude. He made that car convertible. (laughs) Did he he pull the... No, he slices the fucking top, and it bends over. (laughs) And then he looks at that fucking woman, and he's just like... Mother God... (laughs) And then proceeds <laughs> to take her on the hell ride of her life. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. But yeah, he turned um, that fucking car into a convertible. That's why I always liked that shit. I was like, <laughs> like, cut it open like a sardine. And I guess that the only reason that whole thing is set up is that, like you said, the police come and visit Trans Am Dude in the hospital and get a description from him of the of the headhunter right is that what they call him yeah and the thing is it just but again we don't need this guy we don't need this thing because there are just people in the alleyway who would have been seeing this shit happen because there were a ton of people on the other side of the fence right and they try to explain it away by saying, oh, it's New York. You know, 20 people saw it, no one saw anything. Um, But this one guy. Yeah, that already gives me problems. Just just put that on Front Street. Like, can't, <laughs> yeah. can't trust the desidents of the neighborhood, so we, we need this vigilante guy, because he's going to tell us the truth. There's a yeah. Reason. I'll let you all and watch not... the film and figure that one out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, my only favorite part about this whole scene was when they were at the hot dog stand 
and the hot dog man dude was giving him shit. But what yes. does incompetent mean? What does baffle mean? <laughs> he, is, he is really, uh, he is really giving uh, giving them a bit of the business, and I did, uh, I did that and enjoy that quite a bit. Yeah, and, and then we get this completely unnecessary scene about Brenda discovering that you know Connor may have lived for hundreds of years, but really no way the people. <laughs> yeah, let's can we talk a little bit about that stupid computer in the library that was apparently has, or I guess that part isn't in the library, but when she goes to the, like her friends in the forensics lab, they have a, uh, handwriting analyzer computer that is so far ahead of its time. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> it just took different parts from a wholly unique cursive signature and was able to like, uh, match it with other stuff. The computer technology in 1986 was uh, not there. I mean, I don't even know how you put all that information in the computer. Like it was almost saying like all those records were computerized, which we know was bullshit back then. So, um, also just, again, another thing that's isn't needed, you know what I mean? Like, so first yeah. you discover, you know, Nash's birth. She looks up Nash's birth records. Um, you know, then she's like, discover. Then she went to go talk to the doctor that delivered. And you can tell me that doctor remembered all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has a crystal clear memory of all this, of everything she wants to know. Um, and she does a lot of legwork to come to the conclusion that that uh i guess i mean like they have a big reveal moment later when nash reveals that he's an immortal but she's literally figured it out already it like they have so many scenes where they just take the wind out of these like huge reveals they have later there's like no emotional impact in this entire movie except for the scene where Heather dies. Yeah, that is yeah. like, I agree with you that, that that is like a true heartfelt, emotionally impactful moment. Everything else they just ruin by having the person find out the information all like in the scene before the person gives them the information via exposition. 100% with you there. And then if that isn't the case, it's everything else is forced very quickly. Yeah. But you do get... This next scene is great because it takes place on holy ground. Connor is... uh, uh, He's honoring his promise to Heather and he's lighting a candle on her birthday. Um, this, (laughs) This just happens to be in the... In the uh, the time that the gathering is uh, coming together this year, um, so we sort of take a break from the action to to go to a a church and and light a candle for Brenda, but it's really for sorry for Heather. <laughs> Let's light a candle for Brenda too. Um, well, might as well. But, hopefully, her agency comes back. <laughs> yep. But um, this is really just an excuse for uh, for Connor and uh, Kurgan to have a little uh, a tete-a-tete. I knew you were going to use that. 
I literally <laughs> knew that's how you were going to say it. Well, that's why we're doing a podcast together. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, this is the part where you get to see Clancy Brown, like, uh, shine. And it, it seems so vile because it is in a church. Um, you know, like the stuff he's saying and taunting uh, oh, Connor. Yeah. It's so gross. I love that fucking thing. He's coming in there and he's just all like, when Kurgan arrives and he goes to the candles and you think he's going to be respectful and he just starts smashing them all out. He's like, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> he's like making little sounds and smashing each candle. You know, and then he's just all like, oh, by the way, I killed Castigear. We're the last <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah, he really just throws that out and he's just like, well, it's just you and me. And then I love this. He's like, you, you know, uh, what? He's like, your look has changed or something. He's like, it's a disguise. I was like, you still look fucked up, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah. He, his haircut <laughs> is terrible. The, the real nice touch I love about this, though, is, you know, as he's talking about how he killed Ramirez and, you know, did. Some things with fucking Heather that Connor didn't know until that point. Um, one of the things on uh, Kurgan's costume is Ramirez's earring. It's like hanging just off his jacket, and I thought that was a real nice touch. That is really cool. I did not notice that. Yeah, it's because um, when you see when you see Ramirez, he's got like this big old pearl earring type thing, and yeah, it's on his jacket. That is uh that is pretty incredible. Um Yeah, but he has like a lot of great he's a lot of great lines in this uh in this in this church scene. Happy Halloween, ladies. Like what he does to those, those were t- towards nuns. And he's nuns. Like, no sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fucking, you know, like Connor just kind of says his, you know, he's like, Connor's like, okay, I'll be outside saying we, we can have this fight right now. I'm ready to do this. And then that priest, I'm going to tell you, that priest had to be the bravest priest on the planet. Because I would have never gone over to a dude and looked like Kurgan. Hell no. Right? Because he's, and I mean, he's like, well, I gotta do what I gotta do. This is the house of God. People are trying to pray. You're disturbing. He cares about these helpless mortals. Of course he cares. He died for our sins. That shall be his undoing. Father, forgive me. I am a worm. So that wet sound you all heard was him licking the dude's hand. <laughs> he really went for it, too. He went for it. Like, I mean, he he knew if that dude washed his hands or not, because there's... <laughs> no if ands buts about it like and he 
He did not leave that church without a final word. <laughs> I have something to say. It's better to burn out than to fade away. <laughs> Does a bunch of karate chops. <laughs> he oh, needs man. having a good time. Having yeah. a good time. Clancy Brown is definitely just like doing his thing. I, I, I mean, it's. I like Kurgan as a movie villain. He's despicable in all ways that a you want a villain, but also the fact that he, since he feels he's completely invincible, like to just have this like insane behavior makes so much sense for his character. Like fuck it, I, I'm I'm going to win. I'm the most powerful. He was the most powerful when Connor was turned into an immortal. Like you can only imagine how much more powerful he's gotten since then. Yeah, he's like I got oh, this yeah. in the bag. It's the bag. It's mine. Yeah. That is a good point. Um but uh Connor goes from that scene uh to find uh Brenda at his antique shop um uh demanding to see him and uh he that's when he comes clean about uh his background. I'm Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. I was born in 1518 in the village of Glenfinnan on the shores of Loch Shiel. Now I am immortal. See? Loch Shiel! <laughs> yep. <clears throat> yeah, he's, uh, he is from your, your lordship's, um, um, uh, area? I don't know what you call that. Your my domain? land. Yeah, my land. Yes, your land. My holdings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I guess that's a huge turn on. I don't know. No one has ever told me that they are immortal, but, uh, it works for Brenda. Let's, let's just say that. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. Because really your only interactions with this guys have been antagonistic. The whole fucking movie where he creepily creeps on you, then you're attacked by a guy. And yeah. then you somehow say you'll go on a date with him, and then he's like, I'm calling you out on your shit. You hear me, Brenda? <laughs> and then he's just like, I was born in 1518. And then stab has her stab him to prove that he's immortal. And then that's it. That's how you yeah. make Whoopi. Yep. And then we we go directly from that into a very raw sex scene. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna say like there is uh like we see we get to see Christopher Lambert lick a nipple. That's something we get to see in this movie. Yeah, and no one asked for that. Nope, and not in silhouette either. We just get to see like this is what it looks like if he'd lick a nipple. Great, cool, great, awesome. Just what I wanted to see. Yeah. It's, eh, I, I, my, my, my one worry, and I was glad I didn't. I was like, I don't want to get a glimpse of Lambert's Lambert. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, just, I don't know. I, I feel like um, that sex scene may have been improved uh, 
with just a full frontal hanging dong. Let's see what you got. <laughs> Let's see what you're working with. Let's see, Let's see what you're looking for. Uh, working with a uh, lamb bear. Um. <laughs> I drooled a little bit. Okay. Um. I mean, yeah, the, the fucking there's a sex scene. There, this connection makes no sense whatsoever, but you know, for movie purposes, it has to. Um. Yeah. I, my notes are: Was that a nipple lick? This sex scene is raw. <laughs> Mine was: There's a reprise who wants to live forever. I don't. <laughs> watching this <laughs> why is this happening in this scene yeah it's all like it was like uh, i'm like yeah just, apparently there's at least a good two minutes for it so. there's a there's a lot of uh there's also time for button the moonlight shots and we get uh plenty of that yeah but, i mean um this is brenda's canon film. mistake right it's a canon film, exactly. But um, this is Brenda's mistake because her hooking up with uh, Connor um, has put her in the crosshairs of Kurgan. And uh, he immediately kidnaps her and goes on an insane joyride. It is possibly the greatest, scariest joyride you could ever be on. And it's so long. It takes so long how about that part where he is like hitting people and killing them and we get this weird like this flash of these actors in like a purple and blue lighting rig just like turning around in horror as they are run over by the car yeah it was so bizarre i mean less and it's just so long yeah these people fucking flying over the hood and shit or like getting hit by the car and he's <laughs> doing his thing. Driving on the wrong side of the road. Putting his hands singing. up and then <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. He starts singing. Do y'all do y'all Shut up in the city. Shut up! Sing along with that medicine. Shut up! Fucking nuts. That clip is hell long. That's fucking nuts. But yeah. That whole scene is like a fever dream. And I mean, like, you could have just saw him kidnapping and maybe him being a little crazy in the car. This. But again, like, we're getting like. Pinnacle Clancy Brown having a lot of fun. It's it's a weird scene, but it's 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 a fun scene, but it is pretty long. This is a testament to how good Clancy Brown is. Because this scene sucks. Like in all in all uh with any other actor, in all honesty, this scene would be un watchable but he like you said is having a great time and um that's sort of like unhinged uh joy carries the scene through i think but 
uh, I think the filmmakers are very lucky they had uh, Clancy Brown in this role. Yeah, it's the only way it works. Honestly, yeah. it's the only way it works. Like, yeah, if it, I, I couldn't picture like a Stallone or almost anyone else doing this just because it would be like insane. Yeah. Um, don't worry, but, folks. Uh... I won't do Stallone doing this. Scene. <laughs> 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 I'm just, just the only name that came to my head. New York, New York. I can't even do. I can't even do it. It's like hey, hey, New York, New York. You can make it anywhere. You can make it here. You can make it there. You gotta fight the good fight. New York, New York. Yeah, okay, there you go. There you go. I, uh, <laughs> I I feel like I conjured that into being, and I couldn't be more happy. But um, you're welcome. But uh, we're in the end game now. Tony. Yes, we are. We because um, <laughs> this is like uh, basically uh, Kurgan uh, kidnaps Brenda, and he leaves a very threatening voicemail for Connor. And that basically just sets up the end. We're we're basically rushed into the end. <laughs> the end seems like it kind of comes tumbling down all at once, as if a movie realized that it needed to end at some point. And um, and, and that's what we get because I I have to say the the first section of this finale where Brenda is literally like tied on like the back of a big neon sign on the top of a building mm-hmm. um that is it it looks like a universal studios stunt show do you know what i mean oh yeah yeah like i mean you could see the you could clearly see the wires that were holding the things in place and the things to pull it and down and yeah right. it's kind of like going to backdraft or you know, water world, the an experience. You know, yeah. yeah, the water tower thing that that that, that uh, comes crumbling down conveniently and and like sheds enough water for them to hide under on the top of this building. But also, there's skylights that don't shatter with the water and this the this giant sign falling. Like oh. this, this whole first part is seems utterly inconsequential. Well, I mean, it is. I think it's just trying to raise the stakes of where Brenda is, but it didn't need to happen uh, on that part of the roof at all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, <laughs> it's just mean... like it mates a pool on the top of this roof, and then. Uh, a little while later, both Connor and uh, and and Kurgan and I guess Brenda smash through this skylight, fully two stories up, and fall into this giant airplane hangar. <laughs> Seemingly, uh, I can't like the geography of this change makes no sense. Well, I mean, if it's a factory, it's not a factory that manufactures anything anymore because all the space on top would be completely wasted space because it's a room devoid of anything other than real tall windows. And, you know, being like two, two and a half stories tall of a room. Yeah, like it's like two and a half stories tall of an empty warehouse room that they fall into. 
they were on top of a really tall building just now, and they <laughs> fall into this cavernous space that seems like on the ground floor of somewhere else. And that's where they have the final fight. And the final fight has no tension in it. Well, you know, where the... You know, it's funny where the tension disappeared because all the music stopped. Like, there's literally (laughs) a whole point where there's just no music and they're just kind of fighting. You know, like I was doing when I was fighting nerds at Attack of the Clone screenings with you know, plastic lightsabers, there's no music, but we're <laughs> fighting, and all you're hearing is... You mean th- th- your th- kinsmen? Well, Let's yeah. not pretend like we are not nerds. Well, I mean, I was fighting them for a reason. I was trying right. to prove my nerd supremacy. You're just like, metachlorides are bullshit! And I was just like, and I'm the and everyone was like, I'm a badass, I know how to fight with one of these lightsabers. And I was like, no, I am the badass. Because I actually know how to fight with a sword. And I did. <laughs> and because of my two years of fencing, I mudhole stomped all those nerds. Even the ones doing backflips and crazy shit. Beat wow. them all. Yeah. Good wow. story. Good story. Good, yeah. good on you, John. <laughs> a good and true story. But the thing is, there's no music until Brenda shows up and hits Kurgan in the back of the head. And then the music turns back on. So, for some reason... <laughs> That is such a... Okay, this is what I mean about, like, Connor getting quips that make no sense. Brenda has been there the whole fucking time. She comes up as Kurgan is about to kill Connor and hits Kurgan with a metal pipe. Connor jumps up as as Kurgan is about to kill Brenda, blocks his sword, and says, (laughs) What kept you? What the fuck do you mean? What the fuck do you mean? You came here to get her. What do you mean what kept you? She was here the whole fucking time. (laughs) What kept you? She was there like trying to get out of a huge metal door. Nothing about this sequence makes sense. No. No. Who knew Kurgan's weakness was just more than one person? (laughs) Yep. Also, his eyes turn completely black for no reason. It's not explained. His eyes just turn black, and he turns into sort of more of a a bestial monster before... Spoiler alert, people. If you haven't seen it coming, he gets his fucking head chopped off. Kind of? Like, I think he gets his neck sliced deeper? Well, I mean, there's an attempt to do a cool effect, right? Like, he slices his neck open, Clancy Brown, like, cranes his neck back as far as it'll go, and they try to make it look like his head's falling off. They try. Well, that's the thing. I was trying to think, like, was it the font of energy shooting out of the neck that blew his head the rest of the way off? Because, like, when you need the... I would imagine you'd be, you know, like the rules where you got to clear that head completely off. And I didn't see that head come completely off. That's all I'm saying. Well, there is also a whole sequence where he holds the sword up and does like what seems like a bit of a, like, a weird death kata at the end of this. Well, because that's uh, what he's sequence. training for in the fucking motel you were laughing at. And he's all, Whoa. right. In case someone cuts my head off, I get one more strike. But instead, you know, we get Connor doing. There can be only one. <laughs> yep. 
And also, and then we go into like where he receives the final quickening. And he has this thing where he's just like, oh, ah, the quickening overwhelms me. <laughs> I referenced this earlier, but it's fucking hilarious. It I turns into a bad music video, like you said at the end there. I know everything. I am everything. And then that fucking head, there's a little head that just explodes during this music video <laughs> montage where he's getting lifted up by lightning. There's these weird, like, Disney-esque animation ghosts flying around him and through him. Yeah, it looks and, like a, a like an Ed Hardy shirt has, yeah. has come to life and is, is flowing through him. Right, and then the wires that are keeping them up, you can clearly see, because someone thought, for whatever reason, to animate the electricity on these wires. <laughs> yeah, the wires are in the scene, and they acknowledge that the wires exist. It is wild. It's just like, it's this crazy, and he's, and he's doing his whole moaning thing, like you said. And then he's fine. Yeah. Fine, and then it. we get like a really quick wrap up scene where he does like all this voiceover exposition like, well, I guess I'm mortal and I can have children and everything's good and I can read everyone's mind and I can cause world peace. And also, you son of a bitch, you didn't tell me about this. Ha ha. <laughs> it's like that it cuts back to Ramirez literally telling him exactly what would happen. <laughs> I don't you know. have power beyond imagination. Use it well, my friend. Don't lose your head. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, I mean, at the end, they just like they they rush all this thing. And it's like, yeah, well, I could read everyone's mind. And I can help them work together. And you're like, oh, okay. So y- y- you you could do like. You can bring people together, and I guess, I mean, what, what is, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, it does definitely feel at the end of this, like, they didn't know what it would mean when the, when the person finally had the final, when the gathering happened and the, and the, the final person had the quickening, what the result would be. It definitely feels like that part was like, oh, uh, they make world peace sure yeah yeah yeah. ramirez said about kurgan that if he ever got it that you know like mortal men would pay for it like he would make everyone's life a living hell so um it 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 seemed planet altering at the very least um and you know this is kind of what mcleod wanted in a weird way you don't like he talks about in his past life, but you don't seem like I still wish I could have kids. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, it's just very much the you know like I can read their minds, but I won't help them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can read their minds. I can help them come together. I, uh, I'm like you. You can love me. <laughs> She's like, what am I thinking? You are wondering if you can love me. You can. I am uh, mortal, and I can have kids, and I can love, and everything's fine. And we're on the hillside, and I can cause world peace, And but everything's cool. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and then we just get credits. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this movie's fun. <laughs> but it's also bad. 
Like the movie is good. It's a good bad. It's a fun watch. Like there are plenty of movies out there that suck and that are bad to watch. And like literally make you angry to experience them. But that's not this movie. This movie is fun but terrible. I don't know if I would go terrible. Not terrible? <laughs> I mean, you know, like it's like that uh, Simpsons joke where he's like, what's the opposite of uh, shame? And Homer's like, pride. And Bart's like, no, not that. Less shame? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's less terrible. Um, That's fair. I, I, I mean, to your point, it is a lot of fun. It's a zany watch. Um, you know, usually at this point, you, you tend to ask me, would I recommend this? And, like, I would with asterisks. Like, if you're in the, if you're in the mood to kind of, uh, check out, like, canon films or to see what really did start off a bunch of other movies and, um, uh, spoiler alert, they just get worse with possibly the last one. The, the one where Connor and Duncan meet probably being the second best one, but that's not saying much. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, like I would say I wouldn't go out of my way to, I mean, I would go out of my way to watch it because I love this movie, but I realize all of its, uh, fallacies it's not like a perfect thing but you can completely see how much it cemented itself into pop culture from you know like i mean when someone calls you a highlander you know they're talking about you looking like you're an immortal or something you know it's like what are you a highlander that is coming straight from this film it's not like oh you look like a toyota you know suv <laughs> um you know or the sound actual Highlander from or, uh, Scotland. Scotland, you know, I'm I'm Lord adjunct, but a little different. Um, or you know, like dudes carrying katana blades, like you know, katana swords. I swear, after this movie, that like stock went up five thousand percent. Everyone needed a katana blade. Look how cool it makes you look. <laughs> you know, you got a, you got a shitty Even trench this coat. Guy. With his, with his white kids and his trench coat tied about the waist. Look maybe how, a little higher than the waist. Yeah, more like the, the top of the stomach, but that's fine. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps tied at the bottom of the ribs. Yeah. That's maybe where the trench coat is tied. Maybe he looks like, uh, maybe my wife saw him in that outfit and said, nice, uh, nice flasher costume. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I mean, he, he, you know, he did want people to see a sword. Um, <laughs> you know, That's like, true. I, I mean, there's so much. Like, literally, some of Queen's best songs are from this movie. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. If you're listening to this podcast, 9 mm-hmm. out of 10, you have seen this film. And so, it's too late for you. <laughs> if you haven't seen- <laughs> Where's the fucking end theme song?
but I don't know. I mean, like, it, it did. You can't deny that. I mean, you're not denying, but nobody can deny that it did launch a franchise. And, you know, when it came out, everyone's older sister or aunt was super into Duncan McLeod. I knew tons of people who were just had the hots for that ponytail swordsman. So, I mean, Adrian Paul is insatiable. So, and I only have Connor to thank for that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a real, uh, yeah, sure. He's a real hunk, but, um, like you can't deny, as you said, this, this movie's influence on pop culture. It, had a ton of sequels and a TV show, and that's not everything. That's not something that every genre film can say. So, you know, if you're if you're thinking about Sean Connery and you're thinking about the fact that you know, not to to date this podcast too much, not to make it ever not evergreen, but if you're thinking about him after you know we the world has lost him, then visit revisit this role because it is a fun Connery role in the parts that he is in it. And the movie overall is, is cartoonish, but fun. It has a 24 on Metacritic. And I think that that is fair. (laughs) I think that's a fair score, but, um, there's, there's plenty of fun to be had with a with a B movie. So go into it knowing that it is a a a very B movie and uh just know that that it can be worse because Highlander 2 is worse. So and 3 <laughs> it, is it a go much down. better. Yeah, it goes worse. You are right. Absolutely. So, you know, use your best judgment. <laughs> I think that's good. We should add that I to think, the rating. Use your best yeah. judgment. Just see it if you want to. But, I mean, if you listen to this podcast and you haven't seen it and you still want to see this movie, then I say, go for it. <laughs> yeah, dive in. Enjoy your, your saga. Exactly. <laughs> Just check it out. If you if you have Amazon Prime Video, you can watch that shit for free. I mean, it's not for free because you're paying for, fri- for Prime, but... If you've already praying for Prime, praying for Prime, please Prime, gift upon me this video of Highlander. Um, <laughs> but if you already have uh, Prime Video, then go ahead. It's in your library already. Check it out if you haven't already. You know, there's... It's... Just see what spawned this weird phenomenon. And... and finally understand when someone's like Keanu Reeves is a Highlander <laughs> understand what they're talking about with their dumb joke that everyone makes 100 well um I guess that does it for this episode what a great what a fantastic uh movie to talk about um and uh, I do hope you'll uh tune in next week when we talk about something new and and uh interesting and uh engaging and then fun and um you know if you're out there as uh john always says be good to each other 
Um, be happy, be healthy, and of course, we will see you next week. Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip-hop. From the roots, Ty live. Shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no live. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh, yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga.